Our next proclamation uh, is for LGBTQ plus History Month, and it's being presented to Alfredo Olvera, the president of the Dolphin Democrats. All right. <laughs> Michael Albetta, Florida LGBTQ Democratic Caucus Regional Director. Adriana Tender, Trans Inclusive Program Coordinator and Commissioner uh, Sabrina Havayana. I don't see her. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, playing the role of Commissioner Moskowitz for this presentation <laughs> is Vice Mayor Lamar Fisher, who will be standing in. No, Jared's on his way, but Commissioner, uh, the Vice Mayor is going to present, and if Jared gets here, he'll come down. The proclamation's probably on his desk. Come on up. If you, if you come on up, buddy. Come on down. Any of those other folks that uh, was mentioned, are they here? Uh, Sabrina, call. Sabrina, oh. The other person is in the road, but that's okay. Okay, all right. Okay, good. I'm not Jared, but I'll do okay. okay. All right, okay, all right. <laughs> First of all, an honor. Thank you very much. It's an honor. Whereas Broward County is proud of its diverse, inclusive, and welcoming community for all individuals, including sexual orientations, and gender expressions in Broward County engages with its community partners to provide this welcoming experience to all of our residents and visitors. Whereas October holds historical significance, in October of 1979, the first LGBTQ march, plus march on Washington occurred to urge Congress to pass protective legislation. In 1994, a coalition of education-based organizations in the United States designated October as LGBTQ plus History Month. National Coming Out Day is October the 11th, and some October is a month-long observance of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender history and related civil rights movements. Whereas the purpose of commemorating this month is to recognize the impact that lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender, transgender individuals have had on history locally, nationally, as well as internationally. Whereas LGBTQ plus History Month is also time to reflect on the progress we have made as a country for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer individuals and reaffirms its commitment to support LGBTQ plus rights. Whereas despite the efforts of so many to protect the rights of LGBTQ plus Americans, these citizens remain under attack. Members of the LGBTQ plus community especially people of color and transgender people, continue to face discrimination efforts to undermine their human rights with anti-LGBTQ plus legislation, including the marginalization of LGBTQ plus school children in Florida and our nation. Whereas Broward County endorses countywide policies, procedures, and practices for inclusive environment that are consistent with the Broward County policies for the treatment of LGBTQ plus people, reflect dignity, respect, and support for all. Today and every day, Broward County stands with the LGBTQ plus community in the ongoing battle against discrimination, intolerance, as well as hate. Whereas, whereas the Broward County Board of County Commissioners selected its first openly gay mayor in 2009. Whereas Broward County has benefited from LGBTQ plus accomplishments, both politically, 
and culturally, and is home to the Stonewall Museum and the World AIDS Museum. Now, therefore, be it proclaimed by the Board of County Commissioners of Broward County, Florida, that the Board hereby designates the month of October 2022 as LBTQ Plus History Month here in Broward County, signed by our Mayor, Michael Udine. Are you here? You did a great job. You should have called No, Thank you uh, to the vice mayor for, for standing in. I, we, we, want, we needed somebody taller today <laughs> is, what, is what it was. I'll just, I'll just add that um, in, in a time where there's a lot of division and hatred and demonizing uh, and, and blaming uh, you know, minority groups, uh, th that's why this proclamation is important. Um, it's happening in so many so many, it's just becoming more regular in our lexicon and in our dialogue politically, and, and the LGBTQ community uh, is front and center uh, in that. And so uh, thank you guys for coming and accepting uh, the proclamation. Good morning. Uh, uh, history, we are all part of it, yet we can escape it. But however, there are so many groups that are trying to raise LGBTQ history. So today I would like to thank uh, Commissioner Moskowitz and the whole board for presenting and acknowledging my community, the lesbian, gay, transgender, bisexual community. Uh, for decades, decades, Broward County has benefited from LGBTQ voices, uh, not only politically, but also economically and culturally. We are home of many pride festivals. We are home of the World AIDS Museum, and we're home of many other organizations that make Broward a more uh, fun place to live. So thank you so much for acknowledging us. Um, have a good day. Thank you. Good morning, uh, commissioners, and very familiar faces and very friendly faces. You're all friends of mine. And as the past president of the Dolphin Democrats and past president of the state LGBT Democratic Caucus, I'd like just to note a couple of things. I've, I'm seeing Senate, uh, Commissioner Nan Rich, I was ready to say Senator, Senator Geller, Michael Udine, Beam Fur, Lamar Fisher, you're all dear friends of the LGBTQ community, and thank you very much. Some of you have received awards from the Dolphin Democrats, and it was my honor to give some of you these awards. Um, I've had the uh, honor and privilege of standing here when Ken Keechel was sworn in as commissioner to this beautiful body of uh, government here. And uh, I want to thank very much everybody, and thank you, and be well. Much love. Thank you.
Okay. Um, so our reading clerk today is Ms. Flintroy. You have yes. the floor. Thank read you. For the Tuesday morning slash Monday night, whatever we're calling it, memo. Please read that <laughs> into the record. Tuesday agenda memorandum. The following are submitted for your consideration. Consent items are 1 through 45. Public hearing items are 46 through 90. 49, I'm sorry. P regular items are 50 through 62. I request the following withdrawal. Withdrawals in Scrivener Error Corrections and Inclusion of Additional Information. Withdrawals, Deferred Substitutions, None. Scrivener's Errors, Item Number 8, currently reads, Requested Action B, Motion to Authorize Delegation of Authority to the County Administrator. Should read, Requested Action B, Motion to Delegate Authority to the County Administrator. Item Number 17, currently reads, Motion to Approve and Authorize the County Administrator to Execute with the designated subrecipients should read motion to approve and authorize the county administrator to execute subgrant award agreements with the designated subrecipients. Additional information, item number eight, the board's consideration of the item is based on the amended motion statement. Item number 17, the board's consideration of the item is based on the amended motion statement. Item number 18, the board's consideration of the item is based on the amended motion statement distributed as additional material. Item number 56, the board's consideration of the item is based on the item as mod modified by the additional material, including the amended summary and the replacement exhibit one. Item number 62, the board's consideration of motion C is based on the revised resolution distributed as additional material. Mayor requests without objection. Items 56, 57, 58, and 61 be moved to consent. Please note time certain item, item number 45, time certain at 11 o'clock a.m. Additional material, regular meeting. Item number one hyphen B, board appointment. Item number 18, amended motion statement submitted by Office of Medical Examiner and Trauma Services. Item number 41, management response submitted by county administration. Item number 45, support letters submitted by intergovernmental affairs slash boards section. Item number 56, memo to the board submitted by finance and administrative services department. Item number 62, revised resolution submitted by county administration. Item number 62, parenthetical two, memo to the board submitted by county administration. Additional material, public hearing, and nine. Thank you, great job. Now we have polls from the commission. Commissioner Moskowitz. Senator Rich. 14, for an abstention. Okay, Vice Mayor. A poll. Senator. Not sure. Uh, public. We have public polls on items 1, 11, 12, and 45. 1, 11, 12, and 45. So, Mr. Mayor, uh, I would. Drew, you want to read it and then. Yes, sir. Thank you, Mayor. Uh, the consent agenda consists of items 1 through 45 minus the following items. Uh, items 1, 11, and 12, which were polled by members of the public. Item 14, which was polled uh, by Senator Rich for an abstention. Item 45, uh, which was polled by a member of the public. And then adding to the consent agenda items 56, 57, 58, and 61. Ms. Mayor, I move you, sir, that we approve the consent agenda as read by the county attorney. Second. Thank you. I have a motion by Senator Geller. I have a second by Senator Rich on the on the agenda, all in, consent agenda. All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed. Please show that that passes 
six to zero. Uh, that bring, let, let's do 11 and 12 first. There was a public speaker on 11, 12. According to my list, it was pulled by Chris Nelson. Chris Nelson, please step up to the podium. You'll be given uh, your time to speak. Chris Nelson going twice. For the record, Chris Nelson is in here. Can I have a motion on agenda items number 11 and 12? Move approval. I have a motion by Senator Geller, second by Vice Mayor Fisher. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Please show that that passes six to zero. That brings us to agenda item number one, which was pulled by a member of the public, Robert Fogel. Mr. Fogel, are you here? Mr. Fogel is not here. I'll accept Move a approval. I have a motion by Senator Geller. I have a second by Vice Mayor Fisher. All in favor on agenda item number one, signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Please show that that passes six to zero. Agenda item number 14 was pulled by Senator Rich. Agenda item number 14 was pulled by Senator Rich. Senator okay. Rich, you have the floor. Thank you. Um, I serve on the board of the Area-Wide Council on Aging, which will be financially impact if, uh, impacted if uh, item 14 passes. I do not receive any compensation for serving on this board, and I therefore have no actual statutory voting conflict. However, to avoid the appearance of a conflict, I am abstaining on this item and ask that this be reflected in the minutes. Thank you, Senator Rich. Can I, I'll accept a motion. I have a motion by second. Vice Mayor Fisher, second by Commissioner Furr on agenda item number 14. All in favor signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Please show that that passes five to zero with one abstention. That brings us to agenda item number 45, which was pulled by the public, I believe. That's the time certain. So, okay, so that, that finishes our consent agenda. What I'm going to do next at the request of a couple people is I'm going to, I'm going to do first agenda item number 49, the living wage issue, so that public hearing can be done and those people that are here on that can go back to work. Then I'm going to go to agenda item number 62, which was requested by a few commissioners, and then that should bring us to our time certain. So I'm going to first, I'm going to now open up the public hearing on agenda item number 45, Ms. Flintroy. 45 or 49? 49, I'm sorry. The public hearing on item 49 is now open. Item 49, which is a motion to enact ordinance pertaining to the living wage, amending sections 26-101 through 26-103 of the County Code of Ordinances, increasing the living wage and requiring three paid time off. I have three members of the public. Okay, so on item number 49, we have three members of the public that signed up to speak. I just want to, just one comment on item number 49 before we start. What we've done, what we did this year, which was different than most other years when we worked on the budget, we didn't play the game where we started going with a living wage and going up by a few cents here or there. County administration put in our living wage ordinance. They upped it, they did the two-tier system, which everyone knows about, the $15 and then the 17 and change for security guards. They did the paid time off that we talked about. It can accrue or it can be done in a lump sum, depending on, on what works out better, but that's a benefit to the employee. They did the healthcare differential based on what will start in January at 365. That was what we did with the living wage that we had in our budget meeting at the workshop and items number 20 through 25 that we just voted on today was for all of our represented employees through our own individual units that we employed. Just before we start, I just for the public, 
Palm Beach living wage ordinance, I pulled this out and I just want to make sure that the public is aware. Palm Beach County's living wage is $13.67 for next year. There's no insurance process, there's no health care differential. Miami-Dade's living wage ordinance is $15.03 an hour. They're not up to the $17. This is right from their poster. And their, their insurance benefit is uh, $3.70. Um, their only paid time off in Miami-Dade is for security officers. In Broward, we did in our living wage paid time off for everyone under the living wage ordinance. So that's where we stand right now on what our living wage is. I'm only saying this because sometimes when the public hears this, numbers get thrown around from us and from the, from the dais and from the public that aren't what the real numbers are. This is the poster from Miami-Dade and Palm Beach, and I just wanted to make sure that that was read into the record. With that said, I'm gonna open this to public comments. Our first speaker, Ms. Elena Estillon, please approach the podium. Since there's three speakers, they'll be given three minutes to speak. Each. Good morning. Good morning, Good morning. commissioners. Um, my name is Elena Estillon, and I'm working at, um, as a security officer at my um, Fort Lauderdale Airport International. I have worked security a total of 20 years, 20 years. I'm a, I am an educated woman with a bachelor degree in criminal justice from Miami-Dade College and a master's degree with a specialization in justice administration degree from St. Thomas University. I can even pay my student loan because I'm still working in security. The main reason for the past of one year and a half, I I'm taking care of my mom. She's disabled. She got it fit into this year, and she can walk. So even though I want to go somewhere else, I don't think I can't because of her. I have many um, things to stress about, um, but health insurance isn't one of them. Because of this insurance, I can get annual checkup as well as mammogram and pap smear. Broward County contracted security officers don't earn enough money to survive in South Florida. I'm living with a minimum wage $15. I take care of myself and my mom. But this health insurance gives us peace of mind. And I can tell you, I'm working at the airport. I work more than I'm supposed to work at work as security officer. I'm a screener. Sometimes they send you somewhere else, a deliverer, and I have to work as a you know, helper when people you know. Now, after the COVID, people act like sometimes as a, as a crazy. So when they need you, even though you go to the break, they stop you. They want information. There was an information, but you have to give to them. Every worker, commissioner, deserves to have that security. Commissioners, you have the power to make sure we continue to receive the, this benefit. It is critical that you continue to fund our medical insurance. Even I'm working with some co-workers, 
they need that insurance. Sometimes they have problems because I have a psychology, psychology class and I feel like I talk to them to make their day okay, happy. So I work more than I'm supposed to work. And I have skills to work somewhere else, but I stay in the security. Please help us to get that insurance. Thank you so much. Thank you. Our next speaker is Sean McMillan. Good morning, Sean. I know y'all about tired of me now. We love seeing you. Thank you. Love seeing you all, too. Um, of course, my name is Sean McMillan. No disrespect, Mayor, of the statement you just made concerning the living wages in Miami and Palm Beach. But that still doesn't make it fair or right for the um, workers especially those that work in the county buildings. I started out in 2007 um, at the courthouse, still there, thank God. And I'm just at $15 an hour. Fifteen years later, with five kids, um, one in college, and, and I'm just at $15 an hour. Now, for some security officers, it's not a, you know, they look as, 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 as runner cops. But we take it seriously because we protect you all that's standing or sitting on this, this roster. I have caught plenty of guns. The courthouse has been held up before. And we don't even get a thank you. We don't even get a, a $25 gift card for the holidays and say, you know what, we appreciate you. This is the first time in 15 years that I feel real proud of being a security, security officer in the county buildings. You know why? Because now I can go to the doctor like I did um, last week, still having headaches from COVID, where I was out for two months and had to wait a few weeks to take an MRI because I could not afford the deductible. But I was able a um, few weeks ago to go take my second MRI and have to pay nothing. Thank God for this insurance. This insurance is very important. And if we lose this insurance, there's going to be a lot of security officers that's going to be in trouble. We're not asking for much, but we're just asking for the same respect that you all, that you all have. We need this insurance. And we're asking, I'm asking you, please, ma'am, please, sir, consider the security officers and pass this bill to 406. Thank you. Thank you. Our next, our next speaker is Helene O'Brien. And that's the last one that signed up to speak, so I just have three speakers. I know you wanted more, but we figured we'd. <laughs> All right. Um, my that's name, why I called you first, so you yeah, can go I, back. I appreciate that. one hand washes the other. <laughs> how, are, how is everybody? Um, 
So my name is Helene O'Brien and I lead 32BJ SEIU, the union of low-wage airport workers, janitors, and security officers. Our workers are employed by private companies who compete in a competitive bidding process to win a contract. Institutions such as airlines, universities, large commercial property owners, and this local government use this contracting practice to save themselves lots of money. One of the biggest problems with contracting out is that the quality of wages and benefits for workers falls dramatically. And that is evident here at Broward County. A Broward County security officer will earn up to $10 more per hour than a contracted out one. A Broward County security officer receives weeks of paid time off where a contracted out one is lucky to receive just days. Contracted out security officers receive zero in retirement benefits and for a long time received low quality health insurance. This is why we continue to turn to this commission. We understand that our members' jobs will not have the same wages and benefits as your direct county employees. But through the Broward County Living Wage Law, we can raise and address the most egregious standards. And we thank you for adding a PTO standard to the living wage law. It's a great improvement. But a big problem with the law is that it has language that makes it difficult to fully fund the health insurance for contracted out security officers. So we ask for three changes. One, please strike out language from the law that excludes coverage to workers who work less than 20 hours per week. Two, Please strike out the language that restricts overtime hours health care differential to pay for health care. We need the health care differential from all hours earned on these contracts to fund the health insurance. And three, please help our officers keep their health insurance by increasing the funding of the security contracts by $284,000 from the aviation budget, looking at my friend over there, um, $196,000 from the Port Everglades budget and $194,000 from the general fund. Thank you. Thank you. That closes uh, this item to the public. I'm going to open it to the commission. I'll start a queue. Anybody? Or I'll accept a motion. I have a motion on item number 45 by Senator Geller. Is there a second? Second by Commissioner Farr, and Commissioner Farr, you're in queue. Okay. First of all, I, I, I'm glad that we are doing all the things we're doing. And uh, we, this is some major steps, particularly on the PTO and, and being able to raise the wages to where we were. Um, I think at the budget hearing, I had mentioned that I did not understand this entirely with, with regard to the health. I did have a good chance to meet with um, Helene and her staff on this, and I, and I do appreciate having a better understanding of it. And the part that, uh, that I, um, I think we need to be looking forward, to, looking toward uh, in the future on this is the language, and I don't, I don't know if it's in the language that employees have with the um, airlines or not, but it does seem like there's many employees working the number of hours that would help fund their health, but, they're not, but a lot of it is not being counted because it's under overtime. Um, I do think we need to look at this because that, that and not now, we're gonna pass this today. But that, it, it's not fair that, you're, that every hour you're working is not going toward your health benefits because that's where that differential is. 
um, that's it doesn't make sense if you're you know every hour they're getting funded toward that and that but some of those hours aren't counting that's not good agreed doesn't make sense so we I think this Commission um, and I, and this administration I, I think want to look toward that it's not going to be today but I you know I do think the um, SEIU and and this Commission want to want to find a way to get there on that because that's how this gets funded and when I hear Sean talking about the importance of the of the health care we all know that that's a comfort that if you've got it you understand the value of it and we want to make sure that every person that's working there has that comfort because it's we've all been through a pandemic we know how important that is and we, and we want to make sure you've got that that said the today we passed um, through six union contracts that to be honest the health benefit that is here is better in many ways um, through then because then some of ours not necessarily better but it's funded differently and that's because through the employees here at the county there are premium premium sharing there's co-pays there's deductibles all those and having worked in the school district I, I had um, a health benefit much like yours which was no premium sharing um, no deductibles and it's an it's essentially an HMO very good system very good system they're, they're different they get paid differently um, but we want to try to make find a way to make sure that um, you all have that I do think it is important that the language is changed the, um, whether it's on from the, from administrations in or it's the language that the contracts have with the aviation that make sure that every hour you work goes toward your health benefits that's what needs to happen and that language needs to get changed so today we're going to pass this and I think all of us would like to see that I you know I think yep. we're all understanding that we probably understand it better now than we did um, so with that um, go ahead. Right, you, you mentioned the overtime hours and also like what Helene said on part one if if, if they're working if the if the employer is only making them work like 15 or 16 hours to avoid this I think we need to look at that too I mean every hour that's worth needs to be looked at for but, the insurance but you know it's kind of what's what's happening is everybody's working and, and I, I I tell me if I'm wrong but everybody's short-staffed right so everybody's working lots of overtime but it's not going toward their health it. benefits. that's Agreed. not fair that's not right so right. you know we've got and, and that's not you know that's kind of a, a, a product of the times we're in, and that's yep. got to get changed. So I, I think we're going to try to work with you. I had Senator Rich next, and then we can vote on it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I totally agree with my colleague, uh, Commissioner Furr. Uh, I, I think that um, I'm going to vote to approve this today, but I, I absolutely believe that for every hour that someone works, it should go towards their health benefits. Um, I want to say to, to, um, to Helene and her team and to all of you who have loyally come here meeting after meeting that uh, I, I really appreciate your advocacy. And um, I think that you should be very proud, actually, of it um, and what you've been able to accomplish because you have heard, and I will agree, I don't think this is the end all be all. I mean, we, we've made progress. 
It's not perfect, uh, but it's better, and it's better than our colleagues to the north and the south, which I was kind of surprised when I saw and made some of the comparisons. But uh, as I said, it's not enough, and I think we do have to correct this. I think this would, going, would go a long way to fixing the health care issue. But again, I just want to say that um, with respect and, and civility, you all have been here time after time advocating your position, and I thank you for all of your efforts. Thank you. Commissioner Moskowitz, did you have? Yeah, thanks, Mayor. Real quick, you know, I do want to thank staff uh, working with um, working with the, the folks in the audience and, and the representatives because they, they were, I think, one of the first times really allowed into the process. Uh, listen, I, I, I think we just have to face the reality that they've been so far behind before and the, the, the economic times have made that worse. So we're getting them caught up a little, but we can't get them caught up where they need to be in one year. And so you guys should look at this as a living, breathing document. We do a lot of voting here where we vote on something and it never comes back because it's a policy that gets enacted. This is something, our workers are something that as the economic times go up, they go down. Health insurance maybe stays stable, maybe goes up 10%, maybe goes up 20%. These are things that we're always gonna have to continue to look at. And so I'm, I'm supporting this today, but to remind everyone obviously that this is something that the commission will continue next year and the year after that and the year after that, always looking after our workers. Thank you. Thank you. With that, I had a motion by Senator Geller, second by Commissioner Furr on agenda item number 49. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Please show that that passes seven to zero. Thank you and thank you everyone for coming for that. That brings us, and I said I would do it out of order. I can't start on the time certain because it's not time certain yet. So let's start on agenda item number 62. What? It's gonna take some time so I can break in the middle but we, Okay, I mean, let's do the other. Let's do the other public hearings, then we can do that. I was trying to, I was trying to move it earlier, but if we're not going to be able to, I mean, I'd like to try to. I'd like to try to start it. I mean, what? Let's okay. To start it. Item number sixty-two. I'm going to defer to county administration. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. So, what you have before you is. Um, an item that, that we have been working on for quite some time. It was brought uh, initially to us um, by uh, uh, Commissioner Moskowitz and, and, and Dodie Keith from BPHI uh, originally, um, but it is something that we have been working with uh, various members of this commission, including uh, Vice Mayor Fisher very diligently as well, uh, and thank you all for your input, and Senator Rich and, and Commissioner Furr. Uh, we've had uh, extensive conversations on all of this. Uh, so we've been working uh, a substantially, uh, a substantial amount of time and effort has been brought into this um, to try to uh, bring to fruition um, over the last couple of months something that um, can work. Uh, we, we are always interested and in, in supportive of an affordable housing uh, development and trying to bring more units to the county. Um, and, and that being said, um, I wanted to, um, you know, bring this item forward and, and the options represented to you um, today reflect the collective input of, of the uh, board members that we've been working with on this as well. Um, and ultimately, the idea is to bring forward um, a housing development of 138 units 
uh, that would be situated on a portion of the county property that uh, currently is today um, on the back of the North Homeless Assistance Center in Pompano Beach. Um, originally, just to let you know, when this was first um, brought to us, um, the request was for a parcel of property on the front portion um, um, of the North Hack and over adjacent to it is our um, highway bridge and, and um, uh, highway bridge maintenance um, property and facility. Um, but that property was not um, deemed eligible or, or usable for, for that uh, purpose because it is the only portion um, um, parcel that we have in the county for the north uh, east portion of the county for debris um, siting and removal during hurricanes. And as we've seen, that's happened um, over in the southwest portion of Florida recently with Hurricane Ian. Um, that has become even more of a critical um, uh, piece of property that we need to maintain ability for that use. So um, during that conversation, we um, proffered um, another portion of that property, which is on the back end of that. Um, currently, that is um, being used for a county purpose, and that is being used for uh, retention uh, pond uh, drainage uh, for the North Hack. So what our proposal was, was to um, bring that property up to buildable status. So it would be involved um, demucking, um, removing the vegetation, building up that site, um, putting a pad, getting it ready for construction. And we would then have to then construct or purchase, um, and we're trying to um, work with the neighboring property, industrial piece of property, to see if we might be able to purchase the ability to use their stormwater runoff to accommodate both the runoff for the North Hack as well as the development in question. Um, if that is not an option, then we would build um, the uh, necessary drainage uh, for both the North Hack and the uh, uh, proposed development on a portion of property that is um, on our highway bridge maintenance, which would be like kind of an L shape. You have the maps that we distributed late last night, and our apologies for getting that late to you, but we've been uh, working around the clock on this um, and wanted to make sure that you had uh, the proper context of, of what that would really look like and how that could work. Um, so you'll see that in um, additional material 62 sub 2. You'll have um, in that a memo of the costs associated with this uh, proposal and then the two maps for the two acre and the three acre, which I'll, I'll get into in just a moment. Um, and if you recall during the budget process, the board um, authorized uh, um, the use of up to $3 million uh, of county funds for this. And what that was for, always um, intentioned, is for that stormwater issue and the site prep work that's necessary for that, uh, for this development. Um, um, I'll direct you just for a moment to the additional material that I was just referring to. And you'll see there that. Um, there's, there's two different columns there for um, acreage, and that's as it relates to a conveyance option. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and, and so um, as you see before you, um, motion B is actually um, the conveyance of the property. And so for that piece of the conversation, there's a two-acre versus a three-acre conversation. The two-acre portion um, conversation was one that um, that's how the conversation actually started, and we thought that that would be uh, sufficient, and that's what was brought to us uh, for the ability to, to do this development. Um, through the course of the conversation, 
um, brought, brought to us by BPHI that um, they were interested in a three-acre um, option, and that would be to accommodate additional um, units um, because they, I believe the number was that they want, might be able to do only 100 units on a two-acre versus for the density um, allotted for it, and then 138 units on a three-acre option. Um, and, and so with that came some additional challenges. So I want to, you to um, look, if you can, at the first map, the two-acre site, and you'll see um, the site that we're referring to um, and, and the easement that would be needed for that um, and the easement that we would be granting to BPHI under a conveyance model of a two-acre site for ingress and egress to the site. Um, on the bottom portion of that, you'll see in light blue the retention pond, and that's the one that I'm referring to that we would build that would cut into our highway bridge maintenance facility. On the last page of that e exhibit, um, you'll see the three-acre site, um, and then with that, we would um, the county would need to retain a 40-foot easement for um, for fire and parking and, and a whole host of other issues because. Um, currently, BPHI is the operator of the North Hack. However, um, we don't know if that would happen forever. Um, and and um, so if another provider ever came in there, we would need to maintain uh, the ability to, um, to uh, um, you know, maintain the operations of that facility and as well as for um, safety with the, the fire uh, easement and some parking that would be needed there. So you'll see those options there. So that would be option B. And then um, option C, um, we originally were under the impression that um, the only way that this project and proposal could go forward was with a, um, a conveyance. However, we were, uh, in fact, um, um, advised that it could be a ground lease option. Um, when we shared that with BPHI, um, we were under the impression, we, we were told that um, the financing the financing deal really wouldn't work for them under a leasing uh, agreement because there's a certain amount of equity that would be brought to the table with their ownership of the property to make the financing of the deal work. However, it is a viable option, but it is not something that they favor. Um, option D is another option that was actually uh, brought forward also uh, through the course of input from commission from commissioners. And this would be a partnership agreement, and we were asked to go and look to see if that's a viable option that the state um, would be able to consider um, and, and that it could be um, uh, a viable option to move forward where the, the county would serve as a partner and retain ownership of the property. Um, the last um, piece that I will uh, bring up to you um, that, was, that was asked by several uh, members of the board um, was some language in the, the conveyance resolution um, that states that if the um, property is to be um, um, conveyed to an outside entity, uh, that we are basically stating that it is not needed for county use. So that would be, and that's for conveyance or for lease. So that's, I think, what, um, why that was brought to us by one of the commissioners about um, maybe a partnership because since the property is already being used for county purposes, how can we really say that it's not needed for county purposes? So that's why, why you have the four options in front of you. I will say um, there are workarounds. We just want to make sure that it's fully cooked. Um, and I know we've had several goes at this here at the dais and then we've pulled it off because at the last minute there was something else that has come up. But 
um, uh, be clear that staff has worked very diligently and we do want to get um, to uh, a situation where we can be a partner in some respect with this. Um, and as you see in, in that additional material, um, the county is um, actually being uh, proposed to be a partner here because you know the value of this that we'd be giving would be over $4 million in either scenario. Um, so, and the last piece I will say um, is that the conveyance would be subject as drafted here, and we obviously will take the direction of the commission, but the, if, the, if you all landed on a conveyance option, the conveyance would be um, subject to the zoning that is necessary for this development that the city would have to um, uh, agree to and, and provide the funding, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, zoning of a B3 zoning. And then the revert, there would be some reverter language about um, uh, that the, they would come back to the county if they could not get the financing. Now, in this um, conveyance document, the reverter states December 31st, 2023. Um, and I've um, asked staff to look at that date to see if that's actually really uh, viable. And, and I think that if you guys land there, um, we would be recommending a date a little further out. Um, to give them some more time to get through um, a second round if they didn't um, qualify or what have you in the first um, round. And then the second provision of that reverter would be if um, the grantee failed to complete the construction uh, of the units um, after 10 years, um, that property would come back. Because we just don't know what, um, what the lay of the land will look like in Broward County, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now. So. Um, I believe I've covered all the points. Um, I've got uh, our team here ready to answer any questions, and I know we've got some folks from the audience okay. and BPHI um, that if I've said anything, uh, if I've misrepresented uh, inadvertently, I'm sure I'll be corrected, but thank you so much. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> all right, it's 10.55. I'm going to call the first speaker, Dodie Keith. Dodie, since it's 10.55, you're going to get a couple extra minutes because at 11 o'clock we're going to break okay. for two minutes on this item. I see Judge mm -hmm. Spizer here, and uh, I want to do that item that he's here on, and then that won't take long, and then we'll go right back to this one. And he can tell the rest of the judiciary how I got him in and out on time whenever I'm in front of the judiciary. They could say, Michael, you didn't got him in and out on time. <laughs> right. <laughs> Dodie, you have the floor. Thank you, Mayor, and thank you, Commission, for, for getting us um, on this agenda. And I just want to take, since i got a couple extra minutes, I want to do a little bit of a, of a history thing, because the partnership with Broward Partnership for the Homeless and Broward County is a 26-year history, and it's so phenomenal. And I stand here today as the immediate past chair of Broward Partnership and the current chair of our master planning. What's really neat is 26 years ago when we had Tent City here down, right here downtown, and we want to do something about it, Broward County had a piece of property out here on Sunrise. And the leaders that were the beginning of Broward Partnership came together and said, we'll raise the money. County, give us the land. And those leaders, which my father was the founding chair, so it gives me a little bit of chills, went out into our community and raised $4 million in cash and $1.6 million of in-kind contributions. They designed the center. They built the center, got it open on time. They built the whole program. They brought in Fran Esposito, who's our CEO here today with me. They built the staff, the program, everything that it needed to be working with human services here at Broward County as our partner. And now we created something to help people. Over those 26 years, our mission has changed and grown just as the county has. And we've gone, we've gone outside of being just emergency services. And we have scattered housing all over the county where we have folks that have found their way back to living in the community, 
we go in and we have permanent supportive housing. We have all different programs that we work with the Broward County as our partner. In 2017, so cool, our mission changed again because we were introduced through Debbie Orshevsky, one of our board members, to Green Mills, who's an affordable housing developer based out of Broward County. And Green Mills says, we want to give back. There's a special round in Florida housing that identifies at-risk and formerly homeless folks. So we made a partnership again with Green Mills, and they came in and agreed to, to work with us. Guess what? We're going to do a project together. We're going to provide all those services for 50 years. For half the units in that building are going to be saved for that at-risk and formerly homeless, and we're going to provide those services. And they brought their resources, and we did that application, and Broward County gave us a parking lot. It was a parking lot. 72 spaces, we've turned it into 72 units that are going to come online and CO here. That was a partnership with Broward County. Some of you sat on this commission when we did that. Couldn't be done. People said it couldn't be done. We, we did our application to Florida Housing because this is a narrative-based. It's not a regular 9% deal. So it's a narrative-based. Our story to Florida Housing about the partnership with Broward County, Broward County providing the land, Green Mills bringing in their expertise, the expertise and years of services of Broward Partnership made us the highest scored application in the state first time submitted. And we brought $25 million of ta tax credits to here, to Broward County, to Fort Lauderdale, and built that building right there that's gorgeous and you guys drive by it all the time. Couldn't have been done without your partnership and without the trust of all of us working together. At that time, we had all kinds of deals. We took the parking lot away from the hack. We're building new parking spaces in a garage. We have cross easements and access and all kinds of things. We operate the hack. We need it to operate well. We're not gonna do anything to hurt the hack. Here we go, 2019, we got that award. This, right after we got that award and we're working on it, what happens? Broward County Commission comes to us, Broward Partnership, and says, we have a problem at North Hack. We have a problem with who's managing it. And we have security and we have stabbings and we have all kinds of bad things. Broward Partnership, we want you to take over the North Hack. And our board got together and looked at it. All right, how are we gonna do it? And we worked with your staff again, figured out the programs, your commission, and how do we do it, and how do we build it, and how do we make it safe, and how do we make it right, and how does we do it, and we work with, build a partnership with the city of Pompano Beach, like we had with Fort Lauderdale, and we expand that. So from 2019, once we started that, we started talking to your staff about, hey, there's another opportunity to duplicate what we did in Fort Lauderdale. This isn't new. We've been talking about doing this Pompano site since 2019, and we've talked, and then uh, Commissioner Bogan, it was in his district, when it moved to Commissioner Moskowitz's district, guess what happened? The world's aligned, because Florida Housing put the same package together. The RFP that's out right now for January is for the same program where you get extra bonus points, extra bonus points for the at-risk and formerly homeless category. Same deal is coming forward. So we came to the county and said, we're ready. And, and as our administrator pointed out, we started talking back in April and there was all kinds of discussions. And sure, we wanted, we wanted the site out front, didn't have all the drainage and all this. And staff said to us, you know what, Dodie, we need you to take the back. And we said, all right, we're gonna make it work. Cause that's what we do, we're developers. We're gonna fix it. We're gonna find the problems. We're gonna find solutions. We're gonna make it work. And we did all the legal descriptions and all the things. And we came to staff cause we said, we're in a timeline. I gotta start my zoning in Pompano. Staff signed our applications for us. We started our zoning process in Pompano on three acres. We've started that process. We have our planning zoning meeting on Wednesday night this week. So everything we've been working on since April is for this piece of property to be three acres, deeded in fee. It's all been done this way. And all of a sudden here at the end, we've got some commotion. And I just think there's confusion on why it has to be a certain way. If we change from the three acre, um, we, lose, we lose this funding right. round. It's gone. 
So the other thing that's important is if we, if we, um, the three acres, um, the deed versus lease. We, because of the narrative base, we actually got extra points in the last time we did this from Florida Housing. You need right. me to stop. Yeah, I need you to stop. Okay. We'll ask you a question later if we need you so you can come All back right. up. But I've given you way more than right. three minutes. But I just want to thank you and say, listen, none of this could have happened without the trust and partnership that Broward County had with us for all these years. All we right. hope we've been good partners, and we hope we can move this forward. Okay. All right, we're going to take a two-minute break and go to item number. We're going to lay this on the table for... And, and go to item 45 unless the commission objects and I guess if you I mean, it's my second to last meeting if you don't like it it takes two meetings probably to remove me so too bad um, all right agenda item number 45 I'm going to recognize Senator Rich that's on the naming of the uh, for Rocky Rodriguez and I know we have a public speaker Judge Spicer is here so Senator Rich you have the floor okay well I'd like to go ahead and let uh, Judge Spicer come up uh, and really appreciate your being here Judge Spicer I know uh, how much, uh, how, how many people in the judiciary feel the same way you do about uh, Rocky Rodriguez and his accomplishments and what he did uh, for this community. So please go ahead and then I'll. Thank you, up. Senator Rich. Uh, I know most of you, but some of you I don't. My name is Mark Spicer. I've been a circuit court judge here in Broward County for, uh, <clears throat> I know I look like I'm 45, but I've been a judge for, uh, for 38 years. Uh, I'm sitting on senior status. Uh, in. Uh, between 1976 and 1978, I was working in Washington, D.C. on a U.S. House Select Committee on Assassinations. I was reinvestigating the King and Kennedy assassinations. And in December of that year, I moved down here to uh, Broward County to work for uh, Michael Satz in the State Attorney's Office. And the same day that I arrived down here in December of 78, I walked into a uh, pharmacy uh, called Fedco, which is located where the Galleria Mall is uh, located right now. And I met the manager of the store named Rocky Rodriguez. And from that day, we had an unbelievable connection. Um, Rocky was never what I uh, call a wealthy man in terms, of, uh, in terms of money, but he was wealthy in terms of his dedication, devotion, and desire to help people who needed help. And he focused primarily on people that had substance abuse and alcohol issues. Uh, I used to refer to walk, uh, Rocky as like a walking filibuster. He would never stop talking. He was very loquacious. But everything he talked about was with respect to trying to aid and assist people that have substance abuse and uh, alcohol issues. Uh, he and I served on the Florida uh, Mental Health and Substance Abuse Corporation, uh, which was, uh, uh, I was, both Rocky and I were appointed by the then sitting governor of the, st of the state of Florida. And basically that organization uh, tried to set policy statewide with respect to substance abuse and mental health and advised both the House and Senate, Florida House and Senate, with respect to issues of, uh, that should be of their concern. Uh, Rocky also served uh, for 38 years, I believe, on the uh, uh, Broward County Substance Abuse and Advisory Board. He was the president of that board for 18 years. Uh, I was on that board for approximately, I still am on that board as a treasurer. He was uh, the president. I've been on that board for approximately eight years. But this man, his whole life, his whole life uh, revolved around advocating for people that have uh, alcohol and substance abuse issues. Uh, uh, he fought every fight. He never gave up. Uh, as you know, our, the Bark facility is located on Southwest 28th Street in Fort Lauderdale. It's a beautiful facility. Uh, and uh, what we're here for today really is to try and he died in, in May of this year, unfortunately. Um, and many people attended his funeral, not only people that were friends, but people that he advocated for. It was amazing to see that crowd there. 
so what we, uh, I initiated this uh, 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 effort to try and get the, the facility, the BART facility. We have a beautiful community meeting room there that uh, we meet in uh, uh, when we have our meetings there once every other month. And it's my recommendation to this board that you give serious consideration to naming that to the, to the Rocky Rodriguez uh, uh, Community Center Board. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Your Honor. Comments by Commissioner Rich yeah. and the rest Thank of the you. dais? Thank you so much, Judge Spicer. Um, I, I think, um, you know, basically he said it all, but I do want to uh, uh, um, refer you to the letters of support that have come in uh, from, the, um, from the Substance Abuse Advisory Board, from the President, uh, Stephanie Coberly, uh, the Vice President, Christopher Checky, um, and there's a third one as well, uh, uh, Nelson Wernick. Uh, licensed psychologist who's secretary and we have the treasurer so I guess we have the whole officer group here um, and uh, I just want to say everyone has the same things to say about Rocky uh, I've never heard an unkind thing said about him uh, he uh, as uh, Judge Spicer said incredibly dedicated to to this community when it came to um, substance abuse and, and mental health issues um, I did have the privilege of serving on the Health and Human Service Board with him a number of years ago. Some of you may remember when the, uh, the legislature decided that they were going to have managing entities for DCF, which was a great idea, so that the people in the local community could, uh, who knew the needs of the community, could uh, do what the managing entity for behavioral health does today. But it was, it ended up being reversed, um, and we don't have that anymore, but I'll never forget uh, uh, his his pleas and his his commitment uh, to this subject. I believe he chaired that subcommittee at the time. So uh, um, I I just would like to uh, make the motion to move ahead and name this room so well deserved for uh, the community room at Bark for Rocky Rodriguez. Thank you. So I have a motion by Senator Rich and the gentleman from Dania Beach, Commissioner Ryan, wants the floor. Thank you, Mayor. It was, um, it was a long, long um, haul. I remember when I got elected to the County Commission in 2012, the, the old Bark Center that was, um, you know, just kind of like a little bit to the west of uh, the County Administration Building in downtown Fort Lauderdale, you know, in the uh, sailboat bend area, was really in deplorable condition. I mean, uh, people were just packed in there. I, I was just amazed that um, the county was even able to um, um, deliver the services there for, for, for many persons, um, you know, that were, um, were uh, in need of services from BARC. So we went into this long dance, as, as some of the members may remember, with uh, uh, the city of Fort Lauderdale, and um, we moved it to the current location, and in doing so, Fort Lauderdale compelled us uh, to break up our, um, our our plan, which was to have the um, the Nancy Cotterman Center, um, you know, for uh, women in distress, and also have the Bark Center, you know, co-located. Co so that never uh, came to pass, but we did uh, finish it up, and I think it was in 2016 that we finally, um, you know, did the. Uh, the topping off and we were ready to go. So a lot of effort was, was put into by uh, many, many volunteers. Rocky Rodriguez was always at the helm 
and uh, uh, Judge Spicer's been in there for the long haul, also. So, you know, um, you know, our, our thanks to you, also, Judge. And um, I just want to mention that there was a there was an effort by a lot of folks to uh, to get this done. And since we located, you know, out of the Sailboat Bend area and, and into this area, there really have been no problems as far as. Uh, you know, the operations there, it's, it's really well run. And the success stories, I mean, you have some of the graduates that will come, you know, into court and, and uh, provide testimonials and the rest of it, you know, when they have their, uh, their, their graduation ceremonies. So I just wanted to mention that um, uh, the county's Health and Human Services Department has done a great job, you know, over the years with that uh, Bark Center. Thank you, Commissioner. So I have a motion by Senator Rich, second by Commissioner Ryan. All in favor on agenda item number 45, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Please show that that passes 7 to 0. So that closes item number 45, and that brings us back to item number 62, where we heard from County Administrator and we heard from uh, Doty Keith Lazowick. Um, and I have two, I have three other speakers that had signed, but they're only on for questions only. Um, and that was Fran Esposito, Mitch Rosenstein, and Oscar Saul. So we have them for questions only. So I'm going to open this to the commission. I'll start with Jared and then Senator Geller, and I'll start at you. Uh, Commissioner Moskowitz, you have the floor. Uh, thank you, Mayor. Uh, so... When I got on the commission in January, one of the things that clearly uh, you all were well ahead of and working on was affordable housing. Uh, and as I've sat on the commission, we've done a lot on affordable housing, more than we've ever done before. And so when this project, which had already been in the works, predates me, was presented to me because it was now in, in my district under the new lines, I thought to myself, uh, okay, this is a great project, especially coming from the Broward Partnership, from the homeless, and if you've been out to the site, you would, you would see that this could work really well. And so I got engaged in April, uh, and you know, I'm gonna try to do more with a carrot than a stick, but since then, this has turned out to be very difficult for whatever reason. Uh, and I've not been able to really put my finger on it. I mean, look at all of these options that we have. You would think this is a $500 million deal. I mean, it is a it is affordable housing unit focused on people who can't afford housing. And a portion of it is gonna be set aside for people who were formerly homeless. I have no doubt that everyone on this board wants to figure out how to help these people. And by the way, if you go out to this site, what are you going to build next to a homeless shelter? Are we going to build our county building next to the homeless shelter? I mean, is that a valuable piece of property? So this is being treated like we're on seven aisles in Las Olas. So what I would like to figure out with everyone today is how do we do what we've all talked about doing? We didn't want to put any more money into affordable housing. And so here is a group that we trust, that we've had a partnership with before, to do that. Since I have engaged in this, there, the issues that have come up, 
And they always come up every time I try to get it on the agenda. But Pompano Beach had issues, uh, let this less acreage thing, which just came up at the last second, drainage issues. Now there's a lease issue versus a purchase issue. Um, you know, I, I, I just don't know what, what the problem is. And if, and if staff doesn't want to recommend the project for whatever reason, then staff should come forward and say, we don't recommend the project. Throwing up all sorts of different roadblocks and last minute items, and here's three options. We could buy it, we could lease it, we could cooperate together. It could be two acres, it could be three acres. Come on. It, 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 this, has been, this has been hard to watch, quite frankly. We, we gotta do big things here at the commission. This is a tiny thing. And so, you know, I am going to support the conveyance, which we put money in the budget for, which, by the way, at the last moment now, of course, it's more expensive than the money we put in the budget. But we put money in the budget to do this. Uh, and so, you know, I'd like to see us convey the property so that we can build affordable housing uh, for people who need it, uh, who are formerly homeless. And I'll stop there because I'm sure there'll be several rounds of this stuff. Um, but, but I got to tell you, commissioners, you know, I'm going to be leaving you in two more meetings. Uh, but, but this is something I'd like us to see us do before I go. Thank you. Thank you. Senator Geller. And then I have Fisher on deck, followed by Senator Rich. Thank you. Um, and Congressman Moskowitz, the, um, the, uh, we've been kind of doing this pretty quickly. I know it may not seem that way, but it does take a while when you're dealing with complicated issues. And it is progressing. I recognize not quite as quickly as you'd like, but it is moving. Let me say a couple of things. First of all, I'm not at all bothered by the grant as opposed to the 99-year lease, I mean, or 50, whatever number of lease years it was. I'm not bothered by that. I understand that they do need that to, uh, or that that increases their chances of getting approval, getting a higher score. So um, that issue did not concern me. Um, the, um, I do have a, a, a number of, of questions. I have not been a supporter of this until possibly this week because of my oft-stated position that I have, unless it is a regional issue, airport, seaport, waste management, I've tried to respect local governments. And as long as the local government was opposed to this, I don't recall, and I, at some point in time I might, but I don't recall that I have gone against a local government recommendation. Now, it is my understanding that the local government in the last week has now become comfortable with this. I would not support the conveyance until I have that in writing. It is my understanding, and I would this is my first question, that the clause that the contract contains a clause that we would not convey until a rezoning by local government. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. That eliminates the biggest problem that I have had with this project. I have three additional questions for administration. Uh, number one, 
Um, on the reverter clause, I typically don't like reverter clauses. I prefer not to deed until all of the conditions have been met, but I understand in this case that that doesn't really work. How many years? I would not be in favor of an open-ended period for them to be successful in getting chosen. Um, how many years? I'm not talking about to construct. I understand that's 10. But how many years have we given them to secure the financing? Currently, um, Senator, um, the, the reverter is about 14 months. So, um, and that's what I had mentioned in the opening, my opening remarks is that I, I have asked staff to look at, um, you know, is that really feasible if they didn't get it this first round? And so um, I've, I've been advised that it, we could definitely um, extend that a bit and, and be, give them more okay. time to secure it if they weren't able to. Speaking personally, I think two or three rounds should be sufficient. I don't think they need five or 10 years, but I also don't think that 14 months is is what the appropriate number is. I think, you know, whether it's two rounds or three rounds, I'm okay with either of those. And my last remaining questions are, of options one through four, does staff have a recommendation? And in reference to Commissioner Moskowitz's issue about speed, is this cooked yet? Are we ready, in your opinion, to vote? Do you need another meeting? If we are ready now, which of the four does staff recommend? Well, you know, thank you for the question, Senator. I, I will tell you that, as I stated in my opening remarks, I would love to see this happen. And we have been working to that end, and, and we have been working very diligently on this um, for a number of months um, to bring this to you in a fashion that would be fully cooked. Clearly, it's not fully cooked because we have you know, the, uh, the provisions in there for the conveyance and the reverters in there. Under a perfect world, all those things would have been done. But given what we're, we've got in front of us, I'm comfortable if, if the board wants to go with a conveyance, um, I am very comfortable with the way that we have presented it to you. Which option? With, which is, well, again, if it is a conveyance option, mm -hmm. then it would be option B would be the conveyance, but that it has uh, it doesn't go until the zoning is complete by the city and that the reverters are in place for the construction and um, and then we can tweak the, the end date for the financing to give them some more time. That would be our recommendation if that is the will for the conveyance. Um, again, under a perfect scenario, the county always would, would prefer our, our position, our default position is to maintain ownership of property. If that does not work in this case, and the board wishes to convey, then that is that would be the recommendation. So, those are the, the two the two okay. uh, sides of that. Well, Mr. Perro, just in closing, first of all, I also prefer not to convey, but in this particular set of circumstances, I think it's necessary in order to get the the financing. And as I said, I have been, not been supportive, but I am now because this, of the zoning issue. So I would very much, if it's not done today, I'm not concerned. I would like to have this done while Commissioner Moskowitz is still on the commission. So, uh, you know, hopefully if it's not ready today, we can be ready to vote on this at our next meeting, uh, which would still give one meeting 
uh, you know, in case there's another problem. But I understand if it's not cooked today, I don't have a problem with that. But I would like this done while he's here, and I'm comfortable now with the conveyance, okay. subject to the reverter in two to three uh, years and the zoning approval. And the only other thing I would add, which I did not mention, I want to make sure, um, there may be some tweaks we need to do because these legal descriptions are kind of in flux um, up until, you know, today. But we certainly can come back at the next meeting with everything d cooked with your direction. Um, the, the, and, and we really need to make sure that if it is a conveyance of three acres, we need to make sure that the, the uh, easements are in place that we would need uh, to, uh, to secure the operations of the North Hack and, and some of those other issues. With the easements in place, which we had been um, in conversations with BPHI, um, it, it, and they are amenable to all the easements that we would need, then I think that would not be any problem at all. I think it sounds like we have a deal. You just need to draft it. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. All right. So we, I still have a queue, but so as we move forward, just to try and call some of the issues. So we're we're talking now. So let's let's take this lease versus conveyance off the table. I think there's agreement that it's going to be a conveyance. Is there? Are we? Okay. Well, is there more than one, two, three, four, five, six, seven? Is there more than four people that want it to be a lease and not a conveyance? So I'm going to recognize I'm going to recognize you to speak, but I'm just so that not everyone. Right. So so it's going to be a conveyance if, if it's something unless he persuades it. But as of now. All right. So, uh, Commissioner Fisher, followed by Senator Rich. There's anybody on this dais that knows more about this North Hack. With all due respect to Commissioner Moskowitz, and I know his, his plans to do so, is, is myself. Um, obviously served as mayor for 11 years and six as a commissioner. It's always been a concern, uh, even dealing with the county at the time when I was a municipal level. And when I was mayor, um, I put together a task force of churches and the county's administration and others that came together for about nine months to really figure out how we can make a dent in the homelessness of Pompano Beach. And the, really the main focus that came out was housing. I mean, if you could house them, you know, we can make a difference. And, and so my goal at that time was to have a one-stop shop to where the hack would be available to those to get them in there and then ultimately have some housing to be able to rehabilitate to have the medications, to have the job placements, et cetera, to really kind of bring them in, house them, and get them back into society. And so I know Monica doesn't remember, maybe she does, when I, went, when I came first on in 2018, and I Kim as well, uh, my first question is where can we get housing around uh, the North Hack? And no property available, no property available, no property available. So even Dodie Keith remembers this, I was trying to get the travel lodge down the street that was close enough to the hack to, to get the housing component in place. Now at that time, my vision at that time was to, to get the supportive housing necessary, not to be affordable, but to move folks into the housing and ultimately get them out. So when Zion first came to us, I, I said to Monica, I said, Monica, you know, I've been trying to do this forever. Uh, and now, uh, you know, Dodie Keith is coming forward, which I was very grateful for doing that. I wasn't, you know, trying to be tit for tat. It was like, we can do something here. And so that's how 
we are here today, and I'm glad we're here today, and I'm, I'm, I understand that the, the consensus of, of the conveyance issue, um, and it's solely needed. My only concern was there were no services around. So how folks are going to get to the grocery stores or get to the doctors or whatever. So that was a, something I had, a, you know, really thought about. So those folks that are really struggling economically, do they have to have a car? I understand that, Monica, that we're going to do some issues with some bus services right there to enhance the transportation corridor on Blunt. What are children going to do? You know, Blunt Road's a very busy road with trucks. And so I got all these things in my mind. Is it the right place to go? You know, uh, ultimately, I, I'm, I'm going to get there, but that was one of my concerns, and Dodie knows that as we've, we've talked uh, many, many times. I do want to, but for the clarification for the record, uh, Mr. Myers, is the fact that on page 19 on the resolution language, it talked about can we legally transfer uh, the real estate uh, for the county purposes, but I think we talked about that, and you kind of said it is really for public purpose. So I, I, that language is not concerned anymore, but I want you to go on the record stating that. Yes, there are two prongs to it. There's the public purpose piece and whether it's needed. This would be a legislative finding by the board that would be contained in the resolution that I, I guess the board's talking about approving at the next meeting once all of this is fully buttoned down. Uh, we believe that legally the board could make that finding in there and that finding would be entitled to deference and therefore be defensible. Okay, very good. So thank you for clarifying that. And I agree with, uh, with Senator Geller. I think we do need more time. And, and my administration's already said they're going to give more time if you need to do a couple rounds. But I don't, like I said, I don't think you need five or ten. You know, two or three would make sense uh, to be able to, to be there on that in instances. The two or three acres, as I look at the maps, and I met with Larry this morning too, um, you know, backup did say that you could go with the two acres, but you would have to have um site plan approval and some other issues with the city i understand that and as i look at the footprint it didn't seem much different between two and three acres that that was provided last night so that's not really concerning me you and i'm understanding you need the 138 you need the three acres to do that at the end of the day as long as we get the easements necessary for the drainage and, and what we're going to move forward with that so i'm okay with that as well i had hoped that we had some compromise you know, I want to commend uh, Monica and your staff for working day and night on this matter and bringing some other solutions uh, or options for us. At the end of the day, um, I think conveyance probably is the right one, but I do want to thank you for what you all did working so diligently, working with Dodie and the team, too, to come to fruition. So I am uh, I'm supporting the conveyance. Um, and I, I'm seriously looking forward to 7th on 7th coming to fruition. Hopefully, I have a ribbon cutting soon. Uh, my understanding it's almost a duplication, really, of what we're doing there to the North Hack. And so, uh, ultimately, the city of Pompano Beach will have the say so because this is subject to their approval. So, you'll be working the commission on that end. And I think tomorrow night's planning zoning for their recommendation, whether for or against, to the city commission. Okay. So, I'm good. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Senator Rich. Thank you. Um, I just have, uh, I have, I want to make a couple of statements, but I, I have a couple of questions to ask of uh, either Fran or Dodie, whoever wants to. Uh, I, I am, um, welcome, Fran. 
uh, I, I am obviously as, as chair of the homeless continuum of care, uh, one of the things we focus on is supportive services, not just building buildings, you know, and leaving people alone there to make sure that they have the support services they need. So I had had a beginning discussion with Jody a little bit about this. So I, I would like you to just share uh, what your arrangements seem to be, which I think are appropriate in terms of working with the, with the developer um, and not coming to Broward County to do those support services, but doing that within the framework of your organization, which is a nonprofit. So right. As, as part of the, the partnership with Green Mills um, and with the state, um, the 9% tax credit deal requires us to provide certain services for the formerly homeless or the at-risk homeless folks. So with Broward Partnership and our team, uh, Fran is formulating different programs that we will run. And we're actually going to run it for all the units in the building, not just those folks, because it's just we just think it's good for all the folks that are making 80% of AMI and less. So we're formulating different programs that will be financial literacy, uh, workforce development. Um, our case managers will be available to come to the buildings as they are here in Fort Lauderdale to assist with folks that still might need some case management or some, some extra services in that regard. So um, it's really a continuum of just helping these folks to help them they don't fall back and having regular programs. Green Mills, through a lot of the programs that they already run in their other affordable housing projects, have similar type programs that they run. So Broward Partnership will run those programs, run them within the building. We'll have community space in the buildings. Uh, some of them so great, we were able to bring some of our affiliate partners here on 7th and 7th in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, JM came in and outfitted our entire workforce room with state-of-the-art computers and all that so that we can, we can have that available in our community rooms. We're also bringing forth, uh, for those folks that are coming in on the lower end of the spectrum, um, our partnership will be providing uh, furniture, FF&E, in those units uh, to help those folks because they, they, some of them are going to come with no furniture. and no, So we'll provide all the furnishings in those apartments. So it's all part of that, that synergy you bring together to help build someone up and move them, keep them moving forward in the right direction. Thank you. Um, I also want one other question is about uh, I mean, I, I happen to not agree. I mean, I think we've we've taken long enough on this, and uh, I believe that some of the issues that uh, have been brought up, you, you have indicated anyway that those things have been discussed, and, and the, the the easements and so forth uh, are already. You, I, I saw you sent a whole packet of information of when you sent emails here to uh, uh, you know work with the staff. So I, I, I'm just concerned about, again, delaying it. And w does it jeopardize the, the, the tax incentive money? The, the, the RFP is out, and I'm very concerned about that. I, I served on the work group, the statewide work group, a couple of years ago. And I, you know my eyes were just open. They were like before it was before COVID. But I mean, the, 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 the amount of money that, you know, that we don't get here in Broward County, it's not fair. We don't get our fair share. And we just can't take a chance of losing the tax incentive money. So I just want to know, you know what the time frame is, what you consider to be the time frame where we would put that in jeopardy. Well, we are definitely right at the edge right now um, with the city. We are down to the last meetings we can have. We have planning and zoning tomorrow night, and we have only two more commission meetings before the end of the year. We are set on those. We cannot get tabled. We cannot have any bumps. One of the things the city is looking for is the county really giving you the property. So I'm kind of tangled in that we have to have all this done. Our submission to the state is January. So Fran and Green Mills are preparing. They're going to start the response to the RFP now because it's an extensive amount of work. 
with with the understanding that all of this is going to happen. And if anything doesn't happen along the way, it, it, it cancels everything. So to your point is we have been working with staff. We've met with, had different meetings. We've talked to Lenny on the drainage needs he needs. We have along the way, Debbie Orshevsky in kind, as well as my staff has provided all the schedule descriptions, all the legal descriptions, all the easements. We think we've given the entire <laughs> packet that could be approved today that satisfies all the things that came forth from staff on all the easements and all the things they needed. And the other thing just to say is, like we did in Fort Lauderdale, if if six months from now, Lenny and his team says, oh, Doty, we need to do something else here with drainage, or we need, or I'm expecting if we need to do something, we're going to be able to call each other up and say, hey, we, we operate that hack. It has to operate correctly. We want it to operate correctly. We, we're a partner with you. So if something we don't think of today doesn't get done and we need to do it next month, next week, next year. We, you know, this is a very long process. We're your partner and we're going to do it and we're going to make it all right because that's, that's, that's what we do. So um, we're not, but we, yes, you do have all those documents. We think all the documents are ready to go um, unless somebody wants some, some tweaks. For us, the big thing on the timeline, uh, Senator, we've always talked about three rounds. Three rounds on financing is six years. It's six years, six years. They prioritize Broward County about every two years. So it, our best chance is when they prioritize us. So if we got six years on the financing that, and 10 years to build, that would, we're really hopeful we get selected in 2023 and none of that matters. But uh, the process has, is very long and it moves very fast. And so the, the, the complexity of it is, is very large when dealing with the state and these, these deals. So, so is it a problem for you if this gets delayed uh, one more meeting and finalized at the next meeting? Or, or <laughs> I want to no, say, it's a, I want to say it's a problem, but if, if, if I mean, I really I, I wanted don't it want to happen today. I think we have I want, everything. I, I, I think, think we could okay. pass it. But if, when's the next meeting? It's like in two weeks. November 15th. No, no, until oh, November 15th. 15th. Drew, uh, Drew, could you respond to this? Are you comfortable with us doing this today? I, I would, I would want to see the documents put together in a different way and presented before you. So, for example, there aren't even legal descriptions that are in some of the documents. I also wanted to bring to your attention, and I, I could be wrong. I'm not an expert uh, in this subject matter. But a lot of the things that uh, Ms. Keith was mentioning, you know, might be standard services to provide in certain types of deals when you're providing permanent supportive housing. I don't know that there's a fixed commitment to provide it. I know there's some allocation of the units that will be used for that. But the deal, for example, does not specify that all of those services would be provided. Okay. You have tremendous confidence in the folks standing at the podium, but as we know over, Excuse me. That's you know, th things may change over. Okay. So I'm, I'm just mentioning it to put that on the record, but we would be more okay. comfortable if it's not prejudicial, which I, I don't believe it is, to have a final clean package presented to you on November 15th. Well, and I will tell you, um, like it, when we did seven on seventh here that's at Fort what Lauderdale, was that, we didn't have it all cooked. Excuse me, we're that's using, what I We're using I, the I same documents okay. that we used back then, and we didn't have it all cooked. And all, a lot of these commitments that everyone's trying to, to somehow box us into now, go to the state. We're locked in at the state level, so you're never going to pen all this here in Broward County. That's going to that all happen. You sh if you see what we give to the state, it's it's unbelievable, and we have like 12 attorneys involved. So the the documents. I just, we all thought that we were going to have the simple documents that we used five or six years ago to do the deal in Fort Lauderdale. We're going to move it forward. And, you know, the deal at the state is all public information and all of those services and things roll into that bigger deal. So the deal for Broward County, we really looked at is you're, you're conveying a piece of property, 
that's restricted, that's going to revert back to you if we don't get the money, we don't build an affordable housing for formerly homeless. And the rest of it is as we have to do easements like we did in Fort Lauderdale, we did parking and all these cross access and all that. Right. We do all that. We work it out with staff so we don't adversely affect the hack. And the rest of it is right. we, do, we, do, we can't use it for anything else. We can't do anything else. Okay. So I just want to say this. Um, um, I, I just thank you for the incredible work you've put into this and the, and the amount of time that, I mean, both sides have put in. But, you know, we have a great model. <laughs> sitting right at 7th on 7th, and I just, I am just confused and kind of distressed that we are taking so much time to, to, to agonize over things and come back and forth again and again, when if we, we have this great model, let's just go and do what we did with 7th on 7th. We have a relation of 26 years. Uh, if we don't, you know, if we don't have confidence in each other, we shouldn't be doing anything. But we have confidence because of what you've already accomplished and done with 7 on 7. It is the same kind of a deal. Yes, it's different property. There are other things there. But the concept itself is the same. So I would like, I would urge us to get it done today, to vote on it today and, and move it forward. Okay. Um, so I, my turn, because I didn't have, and then, do you want to be in queue? I'll, you can go after me. So um, my position on this is, um, and I'm not going to rehash a lot of the things that happen. I'd like to see us have some kind of affirmative vote today, even if it's like conditional and we'll come back and ratify it. But I want the applicant to be able to go to the city of Pompano Beach and their zoning and their meetings with something that says that this is something that the county is approving so that they can't get in Pompano Beach. Well, we need to wait for what the county says and then stick everybody. So that would be my first thing. My second feeling is... I, I agree with what Senator Geller said on conveyance versus long-term land leases, but at the end of the day, when county government's involved, there's not a whole heck of a lot of difference. Because if we go in a long-term lease and there's a problem, we're locked in litigation for so long that it's tantamount to just conveying them the, the, the piece of property anyway. Is, this really is not desirable property that's going to be used for something else. So personally, I'm a vote for a conveyance. Um, as to the reverter clauses, um, the 10 year on getting something built, I'm fine. My own personal view was, I know for a fact, because I've voted on some of these since I've been here, and I've only been here for five, for a little more than five years. We've done other affordable housing deals that haven't started for over five years. I, I can name the ones that we've had, but I'm not going to because it's not that important, but know that I could if we needed to with some of the biggest developers in the country. So for us to give them, I was going to say five years, but six years is close enough for government work in my book. For us to give them a six-year time frame to get this financing locked up, I'm in favor of that. Um, the three acres versus the two acres, to me personally, is a non-issue. I know three acres was what was committed to them in the beginning when Bertha first started with this. That said, if the easements can be put in place, there's nothing else that's going to be done on this property other than drainage and certain things that can be done. We can do that via, ease, via easement, and I'd like to see it happen. And that's how I'm going to vote on this, what can get that, make that happen when somebody makes the motion. And I would just also add, when you look at the budgetary dollars for this, if you want me to stack budget dollars of what we're spending for affordable housing, this is a great deal for a lot of units. When, when we have these workshops and talk about all this affordable housing, 
We're spending a lot more in a lot more places to get this done. This works. We've been there. I've personally won the award for best table decoration at their contest that they had. Um, so I, we've all seen this whole process. Let's get this done and at least give them some kind of conditional approval today. I don't know what the county attorney needs to do to make that happen, but let's figure out how we have to do it. So I, 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 I didn't see you in queue, but Commissioner Farr, you get your first queue. Great, thank you. And then, uh, then Ryan, and then I'll go to the second round. Okay, thank you, Mayor. Or Senator Geller is going to make a motion when it's okay. okay. All right. So First of all, Dodie, I love your enthusiasm on this. Uh, it, it's infectious, and and I think you, you're seeing everybody want to get to uh, from administration. We want to get to go on this. Um, there were there were things that you know I, I felt a little rushed on to be honest, and the, and some of the language that said is this being used by the county now, that gave me pause, and that's that's where I suggested to to Monica I said maybe we should just be a partner and then it be, it stays as county use um, I've seen that happen in many places um, in many affordable housing projects both with ground lease um, or partnerships I, I called a number of uh, uh, affordable housing attorneys last night and asked is this out of the out of the realm and I said no it happens all the time so it's a, it is a way of going about it, it may not be um, but the, your model at the moment, but it's not unheard of, and, and, and the state has recognized it as a, as a way to do business um, where, part, where counties are partners. So that's, that said, that's kind of why I was thinking um, from, the, from the county's point of view, I would have preferred a ground lease or be a partner. Um, and then part of the reason for that is I, the, this is used for emergency management part of it, debris management. That is, as we've seen with Hurricane Ian, absolutely essential. We've seen, we, we have held on to our own landfill with everything we've got, with it, you know, to make sure that we always have places to send stuff. We've been hearing, uh, Senator Geller and I were at a conference this week where we heard all the counties in, in Collier County and Lee County, they're having to send all of their debris all over the state to be up because there's no room for it there. So any of this, all of that, that said, it, we have to protect that. And, and, I, and I, if the easements will do that, that's good. Um, and, and I think that's, that's essential. For, with regard to services, I think and um, Vice Mayor, you probably would know this, and, and I appreciate hearing the history on this because I, I didn't know the history of it. Um, I know through uh, Broward County Transit, we've been providing shuttles to all the cities. Um, and, and hopefully, one of those can, be, can go right here. Um, that would make the most sense if there's a way to, if that's, yeah, in one of those routes because we're providing, you know, we're, we're buying the shuttles and the, and the service, all that. And we could, I think that's one of the things we should be asking for. Um, I, do, I do wonder if it makes sense uh, with, with regard to the reverter clauses and those things. If at the end of the day, um, if this is going to be sold, let's say 20, I mean, 30, 40 years down the road, if we shouldn't put in that the county has a right of first refusal to buy it back. 
uh, we, uh, you know, that's, that's one of those, and it's, it doesn't mean the county's going to buy it. Maybe it's in there already. Is it in there already? Hi there, Mitch Rosenstein, Green Mills. Thank you all for hearing this item. Um, we, we can't sell it. There are, are going to be deed restrictions okay. uh, recorded into title um, such that if the property is ever sold, which, which practically speaking it can't be given the 50-year the commitment of services okay. and okay. set-asides, that the next operator would be required to operate with the same affordability restrictions, including the 50% of, of homes that we're going to build for at-risk and formerly homeless. Okay. Well, that's good then. I just wanted to make sure that it, it was being able to be maintained that way. Um, and, and lastly, Mayor, I think, I think what you said makes sense so that we can give the city of Pompano a sense of comfort knowing that, it's, that we're doing this. I don't know how to do that. That's where we have a county attorney. Neither do I. <laughs> um, um, what he is does. conditioned on, but I think the, I think the, the city's probably going to want to know that. But I also don't want to vote on this the way it is today because it needs a lot. There's a lot of things that need to be, yeah, cleaned up a little bit. So if there's a way of conditioning it on that, uh, that's where I'm at. Thank you. Mayor, I, I, Mayor, just for the record, the city commission is very aware of what's going on, and they're very committed in this project, so they, they'll hear it. I have, I have Commissioner Ryan, and then I'm going to Senator Geller for a motion, and then if that gets a second, we can talk on that, too, and that, that'll be our second round. Uh, throughout this discussion, you know, I've had the impression that there was a strong relationship between, um, you know, our county commissioner. Well, now it's, it, it's Jared in this area, but, I mean, in the past, I think before we did redistricting, that was all within uh, Lamar's district. Um, you know, he's got a long-standing um, relationship with the city, obviously, as mayor for many years. Um, and, a, uh, and a tough, tough negotiator. I remember when we tried to get some things done with regard to um, bringing about the, uh, the, the final termination of the North Pompano, um, um what was that? Uh, CRA. CRA. Yeah, that, that TIF CRA. And it, it took a lot of work. It finally got done. But on this, I'm, I'm more comfortable with, but, you know, um, we should not be, um, you know, so anxious that we can't wait an additional uh, meeting because when I'm looking at the timeline, uh, we have another meeting, uh, and uh, we could do that in early November. Um, and uh, the language with respect to the uh, covenants and conditions, uh, you know, you, you need to uh, say more than that. It's just going to be, you know, um, um, you know, housing. It, that it's going to do more than just, um, you know, uh, provide those housing services, but it's going to be per permanent supportive housing, which is, uh, you know, a, a different concept. And um, you have plenty of... Um, of housing projects that provide for affordable housing and, you know, maybe you, you're at 80% of uh, median income and you can qualify and then you have the low income and the very low income. But here we're talking about something more than just, you know, the income constraints. We're, we're talking about transitioning individuals and, and families, you know, back into um, a completely different, um, um, you know, uh, societal status and with that um, it takes more and um, you know we, we've seen how it's done in other areas of the county and, and done successfully so um, as long as we work in the correct language 
Um, you know, the county has uh, an interest um, in this property, but can convey it for, you know, th this purpose of, of permanent supportive housing. But how do you do that, um, um, you know, when you have uh, those uh, outstanding issues about um, the county being able to, um, uh, to access um, the North Hack, you know, under any circumstances, no matter what happens on this, this other parcel. And, um, you know, that's something that we cannot jeopardize. So we have to really kind of, I think, tighten up the language on the easements. That's something that, um, you know, the, the county administration and the county attorney's office, uh, you know, can work well with uh, the Broward Partnership for the Homeless. And, uh, I, again, I think that um, we're in good hands. I believe that Lamar knows the, you know, the kind of, uh, the pulse of the Pompano Beach City Commission on, on what their expectations are. And, and I think what, what um, <coughs> I am um, speaking to, and I think that, you know, Commissioner Geller's brought it up also, is we just want to make sure that we're going to have all of the language that, um, you know, protects the county and also, you know, protects the city of, of Pompano Beach and uh, the ultimate beneficiaries of, um, you know, permanent supportive housing. So with that, I'm going to, I'm going to concur with uh, Commissioner Geller and, and to suggest that we go ahead and would, be, would the appropriate motion be, is he going to continue it to the next meeting? Well, let, let me let, let me recognize him and he can okay. make his motion and you can go from there. Senator Geller. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. It is clear that we, it is clear that it is not cooked today because we just don't have the things drafted. But I, believe it's also clear that we've reached the decisions today. So I would like to make the following motion that we instruct an authorized county administration and county attorney to bring back to us at our next meeting a motion in the proper form with all documents properly ready to be executed. Um, that would contain the following items, that it would be the three-acre site with the uh, appropriate and necessary rights of way, that it would be a conveyance um, as opposed to a uh, long-term lease. Um, I had originally thought two or three years was sufficient. I, they're asking for two or three, what they claim is cycles of five or six years. I am ambivalent on what the correct amount of years is and would ask county administration to try and negotiate that appro the appropriate number of years um, to get approval with uh, the, um, with the uh, petitioner here to try and reach an, an agreement and bring that back to us. Uh, but um, I think if those were all of the main terms that I recall that were in dispute, was there another one you raised your hand, County Administrator? Thank you, uh, Senator. I just wanted to clarify if you were still interested in the construction of 10 years. Yes, ma'am. And then also that the conveyance um, was subject to the zoning. I thought those were already agreed okay, on. I just, it's the I just only want to make sure I that those. Yes. those were, I just so that we yes, have it all exactly the right way. Um, and and I didn't know if there was a preference okay. or our direction to us about the services being included or not. 
Okay. I did, um, that was the only other piece that I, I heard. I didn't need that, but okay. that's something I, that, I just want to make sure you know, if, right. if somebody else does, they can do an amendment, which I would accept as friendly. I, I, I don't view that as necessary based upon the representations that the state will require that. And I was just asking right. for clarification but, purposes. And so, so not have any other questions. And the purpose of this motion is, again, to indicate that the commission is intending to approve this so that the city of Pompano will know this. But again, I'm not ready today because county attorney has advised and it's very clear we haven't drafted. We've just today decided these things, so they're not drafted yet. And I'm never comfortable with approving something that hasn't been drafted yet. So the purpose of this is to show the city that we intend to approve this at our next meeting based upon the discussion and the parameters that we have set forth. And that is my motion, Mr. Mayor. Is there a second? Second by Senator Rich. I I had Jared first, and then I'll. Yeah. yeah okay. Senator Rich, then Jared. Then. It's. I'd like to just amend it to add the six years because it's two year cycle, so you have three cycles, I believe, I with can. Tallahassee. That's right. That We're competing in a okay. special funding round that special only fund. comes back to back South to Florida. Yeah. Every other, Every year. other year. This so one's in January. Three cycles would be six years. I have no particular objection. County okay. administration, Five do you object minutes. to that? Or I have no, I'll be happy to include See, that as part of that. That's motion up to six years. Thank you. All right, so uh, thank you, Mayor. I'll, I'm going to support this, but I, I, don't, I don't, other than some easement stuff that's got to be worked out, I, I wanted to, there, there's not really anything else that needs to be negotiated. The commission That's is correct. clear that right. it's three right. acres. This is the deal. This is That's the deal. Correct. This is the deal, but we, it has to be drafted before no, we listen, I, I, I've, I've lived in a house where drafts are all over the place my whole life, so I'm, <laughs> I'm fine with that. I just want to make sure that there isn't something that we didn't decide today that then takes, you know, 10 weeks to negotiate. So um, there's nothing else, right? No. Agreed. Uh, but is there, is, there, is there anything else that you think there needs to be direction on, Dodie? Um, there's one thing that came out in the staff report that I got on Friday night that I've never heard from staff. And all the easements we discussed with staff, we have prepared. They are ready. They're just not in your packet, so they're all ready to go. But there was something in there that talks about a 40-foot-wide perimeter buffer around the entire thing. That's I don't know what that's for. Um, in all my discussions that had Lenny and and... Anton and some of these guys in there, none of them asked for that. So that's something that would be a pretty hindrance to 40 foot all the way around is only three acres. So I don't understand that. So that's something I don't know where that came from or what that is. Otherwise, all the easements that staff has asked for, we're in agreement with. We get it. They're already drawn. Um, we can send them out this afternoon to anybody who needs them. So, um, yeah, I, I saw that also in the two acre site. It's a 15 foot easement. But in the three acre site, it's a 40 foot easement. And I don't know what that is. The 15 foot that they asked for, the staff asked for, was along the back of the building because mm -hmm. they want to put a swale there. So we've already drafted that, and they sent me a graphic of what they wanted. So we've already drafted that easement. And they wanted another 20 foot along the south to get the drainage pipe either to the east of us or to the facilities department. So all of those are drafted. But the 40 foot is something that I don't know what it is. And so I, I just, if it would be, it's a big, 40 feet's big. I, I what can, is it? It's, it's fire. It was listed in there, 25 foot for the fire access, 
and 15 for the drainage. All right, but what we did um, in the documents we provided, the fire access is something we need. It's for us, it's not for the hack. The hack has fire access. So we provided a 25 foot easement that would come up the north side already in all the exhibits we gave. We only need 25 feet, we met with fire. The code says 24, so we have, and we're gonna, it's just an, it's a temp, it's an easement if a fire truck needs to make a loop. So the fire is handled in a, in a, in a different one. So I don't know where the, the 40 feet I don't think we need. I just wanna make sure that I don't get stuck in a negotiation that there's something that, we don't so, about. so um, Commission, my, my understanding is, and I'd love to be able to sit because we're, we're negotiating right. here from the dais, but it is strictly a fire issue and a drainage issue. So whatever that comes out to be, we can work through okay. that. I have every confidence that we yes. will, whether it be mm -hmm. 30 feet or 29 yeah. or whatever the number is, based on what the, the actual drawings um, require. Then, then that's what it'll be. So I don't want to just stick to a number right now, but that is what okay. that was based on. Okay, and we right. can negotiate that because we need the fire. That's right. that's for so, the okay. New so building. So th that can all be included in this. So we have the motion, we have the second. So basically, the intent that you could take to Pompano Beach is this is pretty much approved. It's going to be drafted and finalized at our next meeting. And, and one more thing, Mayor, and, and and just to be fully transparent, there was an issue of parking some parking spaces also that were in that easement um, that from going from the 2.17 um, acre to the three acre right. conversation, there was some parking spaces that were going to be impacted um, from access into the hack. That was brought to me um, late on Thursday or Friday as an issue. And I just want to make sure that in full transparency that that was what was that part of it because there's nothing else. Those were the things. Right, Fire those, drainage those and some parking, parking spaces. spaces are fenced off and not utilized. They're they're inside the fence. So nobody uses them now. Um, I can look at it if that we could put them somewhere else. I mean, the, it, that was part of something that we were going to move because it's not utilized now. It's fenced off. Nobody can get to it right now. Okay. That's what so, that, those so were, we can talk that about was that. part of that 25 feet, I think also. So all right, Drew. I think the intent is there are a couple of issues to sort out, but staff's directed, county attorney's office is directed when we bring this back that the easement should reflect the, the minimal requirements of the county. That's They're correct. not going to be expansive. That's correct. It, it goes into what Vice Mayor Fisher asked, which is we have to be able to say that we don't need the property, and so we have to maintain what we need uh, in order to make sure we can operate the, the, the hack, et cetera. So mi minimal requirements. So I, I just have a, I have a question, Mayor. So, I mean, is this approved or is this three weeks from now when we come back and they're at 24 feet and staff's at 27 feet, we then have to redo this all over again? It, we have Ooh. to approve it. We're directing the staff to bring us back documents. We've told them what we want them to be. We've told them to negotiate <laughs> the easements and then when it comes back in front of us on the 15th we'll be voting to approve it we can't approve documents no, I, I, that haven't been finalized I, I just, as, as I, you said you knew right no yeah. I, I got that i i just want it to be if the commission is speaking today i want it to be clear so that they can move forward because they can't suffer another delay and that's why i said that the purpose of this is to show okay. the pompano beach commission that the county is approving this but we can't until we have the documents. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you. I saw and, and Mayor, I, I think that um, you've brought together enough specificity for, you know, for staff now to put it together. If there's any push issues, then we could have, you know, two or three, you know, alternatives so that when we come back to the next meeting, we're going to get something done. 
If there's something that, that staff cannot agree with for some reason with, you know, the Broward Partnership or with any other entity, we can, you know, we can discuss, discuss that. But I don't see there's a, enough of a problem that we won't get it finalized uh, for certain in two weeks. We have a... I just wanted to add another thing that I, I've just been emailing with with uh, Debbie Orszewski, uh, just that we'll need another document, just a declaration of unified um, plan, since we're going to be back, you know, to have the properties backed up um, for for the cities and the zoning approval. We'll just that, need that document additionally. That's accepted as a friendly approved. amendment in, in Senator Geller's motion. That's one of the documents also. And, and just, you know, those documents have all been prepared. That's why I'm saying some of them yeah, you don't have. We, okay, stop trying to win. You're, we want to get to a deal. I think it's pretty clear from staff and from our county attorney's office that we want to get this to a deal. So bring it back to us get this done basically the meeting next meeting should last a grand total of about 18 seconds <laughs> that we do a motion second and we approve it it could probably hopefully even go on consent there you go. and we can move from there so that we can have this we spend tens and tens of million dollars a year on affordable housing and this is one we can figure this out by a fire easement we'll get this done yeah I have a motion and I have a second. All in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Please show that that passes seven to zero. Thank you. No applause necessary. That brings us to our first public. Uh, you know, let's do the airport items that would all be on consent. Oh, uh, public hearing items. Agenda item number 46, Ms. Flintroy. The public hearing on item 46 is now open. Item 46 is a motion to approve 2023 through 2027 Broward County Trauma Plan pursuant to Rule 64J-2.007 Florida Administrative Code prior to submission to the Florida Department of Education. I'm, I'm sorry, Health. No department, no member of the public has signed up to speak on this item. I have a motion by Vice Mayor Fisher. Second. There's no member of the public. I have a second by Senator Geller. On item number 46, all in favor, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed, please show that that passes six to zero. Agenda item number 47, Ms. Flintroy. The public hearing on item 47, 47 is now open. Item 47 is a motion to adopt resolution to allocate 500 redevelopment units to the city of Miramar per county land use plan policy 2.35.1. I have one for questions only. We only have a member of the public for questions only. Move approval. I have a motion by Senator Geller. Is there a second? I have a second by Vice Mayor Fisher. All in favor on item number 47, please signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Please show that that passes six to zero. Agenda item number 48, Ms. Flintroy. The public hearing on item 48 is now open. Our final public hearing item is item 48, which is a motion to adopt resolution amending article 1.1 of the administrative rules document Broward Next regarding amendments to the environmentally sensitive lens map. No member of the public has signed up to speak on this item. Move approval. I have a motion by Senator Geller. Is there a second? Yes. I have a second by Vice Mayor Fisher. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Please show that that passes unanimously, six to zero. Um, I'm going to just do the airport ones because they're super quick, and then we can go into the delegation. The airport ones would all be on consent, but for the fact that Darn. Drew makes us put them on regular. <laughs> Agenda item. <laughs> 
Legally so. He's watching out for us. Agenda item number 51, a motion to approve the Eighth Amendment of the Signatory Terminal Building Lease Agreement between Broward County and Delta Airlines. Uh, there's no one from the public. Agenda item number 51 is on the dais. I have a motion by Vice Mayor uh, Fisher, second by Senator Geller. All in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Please show that that passes six to zero. <laughs> Agenda item number 52 is a two-part motion. It's a sole source brand standardization of Brock Solutions USA for baggage handling system control software. And part B is the Fourth Amendment to the agreement to let uh, them handle Brock Solutions USA, the baggage handling system software. Agenda item number 52 is on the dais. Move approval. I have a motion by is the Fourth Amendment unreasonable search and seizure? <laughs> Senator Geller, is there a second? Second by Vice Mayor Fisher. All in favor on item number 52, please signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Please show that item number 52 passes 6 to 0. Agenda item number 53 is a motion to approve a terminal building lease agreement between Broward County and Menzies Aviation for 534, 543 square feet of operating space in Terminal 4. Agenda item number 43. On the uh, 53. Is it now on the agenda? Okay. Yes, yeah, now so, on the dais. Okay, uh, move approval. I have a motion by Senator Geller, second by Senator Rich. All in favor on 53 signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Please show that that passes 6 to 0. Agenda item number 54. Motion to award an open end contract to low bidder ITW GSE Inc. for aircraft. 400 HZ ground power units. Agenda item number 54 is on the dais. Move approval. I have a motion by Senator Geller. Second. Second by Commissioner Furr. God, without Bogan, we can't really get these motions. <laughs> I have a motion by Geller. Second. I, I, I thought that beat that. Yeah, uh, second Lamar by Furr. All in job. favor second signify by saying aye on agenda item aye. number 54. Aye. aye. Please show that that passes 6 to 0. Agenda item number 55, a motion to award an open-end contract to low bidder, the OLAB Group, LLC, for sh sign shop materials and ancillaries. Agenda item number 55 is on the dais. Move approval. I have a motion by Senator Geller. Second. Second by Vice Mayor Fisher. All in favor on item 55 signify by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Please show that that passes 6-0. Agenda item number 56. A that motion. That was a move to consent. Even better. Agenda item number 50. That is a delegation request um, from Lakeshore Estates. Lake, okay. So please step forward if you're here on agenda item number 50. Our delegation uh, team is here. Oh, good day, and uh, thank you, commissioners, for this opportunity to speak with you. I think we should also turn our attention to the devastation that has just recently happened on the west coast of Florida, reminding us that our tasks at hand in this city are big, as we have just heard. The homeless crisis is, even without a hurricane having hit us directly, is astronomical. We too, as citizens of Lakeside, Lake Trinity Estates, wish to be of assistance 
to the community. We always have been, we've always held our own, working very hard. More time will absolutely be needed and necessarily granted. At least 30 to 40 people remaining at Lake Trinity, families, working families, it's those who most recently bought into the park after years of living there. Properties were sold within seven months of them disclosing that they were going to eliminate everybody from the park. We thank you so very much for looking into our situation and our predicament. However, the negotiations made between Katzman uh, and Scott Baker have only further exasperated the problem, giving Lake Trinity more more power to do what they do. The $3,000 that was supposed to at least, which is minimal and not really appropriate to the problem, but maybe helpful for some, will not be received according to TBN's administration unless the properties are physically removed from them. Now, we have one more month coming November to December 15th where rent can be paid. And we have all been working and seeking all these months to find some have found, of course, the 70% of Canadians have been extorted and were removed, and yet there are, please, people, there are going to be 40 people that are going to have to find home. Are we going to be versed in how to be homeless? Uh, can we all go to a camp together? This is impossible. Uh, to qualify for, you know, the, what is it, the family support that you offered us, to qualify that is, is very difficult to get through that in a timely way. And then for those of us who are working, we don't really have the time to go through all of that and look and seek. Some people had made provisions to move actually to Fort Myers. Some people have been lost in the shuffle. Uh, some people are suffering extreme uh, stress from this, maintaining our own lives. Then there are, of course, the senior citizens and the Latin crowd they let buy in in the past year and during the pandemic, making it affordable to them. And might I just remind you that TBNs, uh, if you pull up their files on their uh, ability to have tax exemption, it reads as such, to provide care, comfort, emergency aid to the sick, handicapped, and homeless. So what's their point here? They have to make us homeless before they're going to be of any assistance. How is it when there's so many reasons for homelessness, natural hurricanes, disasters, uh, pestilence, war, uh, domestic violence, and all these things that they are going to be allowed to take perfectly functional people and throw them to the street? We just cannot manage in this timely name. We, we beg for the year, the full year to April, to get us through our peak working season, to get uh, Veronica's kids through school and the people that who have moved out. Thank you. The conditions they've had to accept and the loss of their property values. I tell you, Th thank, if thank. they do succeed to eliminate us, the story will go on. We need a public defendant at this point thank in you. time. And thank you very kindly thank for you so listening. Much for being here. Thank, thank you. you. And we'll present that to. Thank you. So Thank you. If Chief Kaplmeier, I guess you might get one. Uh, Greg Jacobs, three three zero zero. No, 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 no. Pardon me. How was the I'm, how how was the delegation set up? I I don't see what the listing anyone else but the primary speaker was. These guys... items just came up last week that I want to draw your attention so to. You're... I did not That's have. That's fine. Yeah, we've taken them. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you. So yes, I'm out of order. However you want, to. <laughs> but right. I'd like to address the council. No, 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 the no. Commission. That's, not, that's not how we do it. I'm, okay. We, you've given us the documents. We're going to take the documents. I, that, 
What are the rules with our delegation? I just uh, want to make sure we follow it. So the main speaker gets three minutes. Up to two additional people can get up to two additional minutes, but only if listed in the delegation Correct. request. They, they, okay. they were not listed in the delegation request. However, he's listed as a delegation for the November 15th for the meeting. next For the next meeting. So is he saying maybe you want to take your November 15th time and do it right now since you're here? Being that this is an evolving situation, I wanted to call your attention to items that have happened now as, and then we'll see where we're at in the future. I was hoping to come here and give a wonderful report to the commission. As, as, a, as a courtesy to this speaker who's here, I'm going to give him two minutes today and then we'll see what happens on November 15th. But I'm going to give I, him two minutes. I appreciate your leniency, and I did not expect to be allowed to speak in the first place. So thank you, but I do believe you would like to hear my comments at this time. So here we go. Greg Jacobs, 3300 Pembroke Road, Lot 847, Pembroke Park, Florida. It pains me today to inform the Broward Commission that since August 25th, yet another amenity has been removed. The public Wi-Fi has been discontinued. Florida Fiber confirms there is no plan to restore citing the closing as the reason and direct regard of your agreement which clearly states no amenities shall be removed. The ADA violation, denial of disability access ramp of the mailboxes, restrooms, and laundry continues. The large area fountains of Lake Trinity remain shut off, continuing to impose further ecological damage. The lake is now a moldy nuisance that negatively impacts the health of residents, including me. I have also witnessed two unlawful evictions, one that is pending. Last week, I was asked by Trinity Broadcasting Network's attorney of record on the closing, Scott Baker, to stop organizing protests and to stop speaking publicly to the Broward commissioners in exchange for a three-day uh, grace period extension. He offered me six days. I, wanted, I had to draw my attention to the ongoing HUD housing discrimination investigation that revolves around the outrageous treatment I received at the hands of the psychotic criminals, former manager, Nancy Rose and her husband, maintenance man Jason Cole Ellis, and others at their direction, including the negligent security vendor Almighty Protection Services. I was terrorized for months on end despite all efforts to make it stop. This abuse of myself was also carried out by Miss Doris Steed, the registered agent of Park Lane Real Estate Services, the former Park property management company and possible future partner in development plans of Lakeside Park Estates in a board of agriculture investigation and in my response uh, to my HUD investigation, making false claims and supplying fabricated evidence against me. As Trinity Broadcasting Network stands silently by, their complicity in these matters is quite clear to any group of reasonable persons. Unresolved issues of this nature and other ongoing investigations make it impossible for me to enter into any agreements, especially ones that seek to nullify my constitutional rights of freedom Thank of assembly you, Mr. Jacobs. and freedom we'll of speech. The rest of it ourselves. There's one more paragraph, and everyone else will read it on there so that we've done the two minutes. It's about the lack Thank of a you. safety Thank you, housing net. There, Thank there's you, Mr. nothing Jacob. in the Mr. County. Jacobs, please. I, I, I gave you the time. Thank you. I didn't think I was overstepping with that comment. My apologies. Okay. Thank you. Other comments? Comments by the commission? Do we, do we need a response from the county attorney's office or, is, if desired? If not, we can wait until the 5th, November 15th because they'll be back again. Thank you. We will review everything that was sent. Appreciate you taking the time and being here. Thank you. Unfortunate situation. Thank you. We appreciate the attention. Thank you. Board reports. I think that's what we're up to now. Commissioner Ryan. No. Senator Geller. Yes. Thank you, Mr. Ma uh, Mr. Mayor. The um, 
Last Friday, the South Florida Regional Planning Council and the Treasure Coast Regional Planning Council hosted a joint meeting. We had approximately 140 people, 150 people registered. Um, uh, Commissioner Furr was there and in fact served as the moderator of one of our panels and did an outstanding job. Um, the fact that we had so many elected and appointed officials there, including the county administrators from uh, Broward, uh, Palm Beach, and the chief operating officer, is that what his title is? Uh, to the COO of Miami-Dade County, as well as some from uh, some of the other counties demonstrated the importance. And um, it really is an extremely complicated issue. We spent a long time working on it. And again, showing uh, the South Florida Regional Planning Council does intend to engage in ongoing planning. The other matter that I will uh, discuss today is that also the, uh, I serve as chair of the uh, Comprehensive Economic Development Strategy Committee of the Environment, excuse me, the Economic Development Administration of the Economic Development Agency for the U.S. Department of Commerce for Southeast Florida. It took a long time. Just listing it on a letterhead is eight pages. Um, but the uh, SEDS report, Comprehensive Economic Development Strategy Committee, has been completed. It will be being mailed at the end of the week. We'll be doing a press conference in about two weeks to unveil it. It really has been a tremendously complicated project. I, once we unveil it, everybody will strongly recommend that everybody read it. It has uh, both where we are now and where we will be in the future. And uh, that's all I have today, Mr. Mayor. Thank you, sir. I inadvertently skipped Commissioner Ryan. To uh, yeah, I, I did have, have a, something. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Did, he he said no to, report, but he really did have I wanted one. to bring. But uh, first, uh, we were just, um, you know, just kind of observing that, you know, in the past years, uh, Commissioner Bogan and I, you know, we would have a little friendly $1 wager about uh, whether a certain commissioner's remarks would be more or less than five minutes. And uh, I, I was winning a lot of dollars there after a while until he took the over. And uh, so I just wanted to say that um, with your last remark, that we was were, not we're thinking me. about, we're thinking about uh, putting you in the mix. But um, that's not his comment. Go very, ahead. Very, comment. Yeah, very, very joyous news. Uh, my, I guess I call him my communications director and second in command, Eugene Bold and his wife. They had their second baby yeah. yesterday, and uh, Naomi went in. Um, I guess it was like late morning, early afternoon yesterday, to the Hollywood Birthing Center, and uh, then uh, about five in the afternoon, uh, baby um, Ava Bold uh, was was delivered. Eight pounds, one ounce, um, healthy, mom's healthy, and um, mom and daughter left with Eugene, the birthing center, yesterday early evening. So it's unbelievable how quickly they, you know, got all that accomplished. Yeah, everybody's got the photos. So uh, get, spend, yeah, get them around Facebook. But um, <laughs> a real uh, joyous time over here in, in our office. So uh, congratulations to Naomi and to Eugene. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Vice Mayor. 
Yes, congratulations. That's awesome. Um, congratulations to Rebecca McGuire for receiving the Salvation Army of Broward County 2022 Ambassador of the Year Award for her many years of outstanding leadership and service to the community. I also want to thank her, too, for her assistance in making the community court happen at Pompano Beach. We had a great opening there, uh, and everybody sung her praises, including Judge Tudor and everybody. So, Rebecca, I hope you're listening, and uh, thank you so much for all you do. Uh, congratulations to the City of Oakland Park for being presented with a local government excellence award by the International uh, City and County Management Association for its COVID-19 vaccination reports. If you remember, they really focused in on making house visits to those of the elderly and giving COVID shots. So thank you for them, what they do. And last but not least, obviously, our Florida Boat Show starts this week from October 26th through the 30th. So welcome all of our visitors our tourists spend a lot of money in Broward County. We sure appreciate you. Thank you. Senator Rich. Thank you. Uh, you beat me to it, but I, but I have a picture of her. I have a picture of her here, <laughs> Rebecca. Uh, I, I That's do. not Eugene's baby, is it? No. no. You have a picture of Rebecca. No, okay. Just want to make sure. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. I've got so, that one too. Okay. Yeah. So I, I just want to add because, uh, I've had the privilege of serving as chair of the homeless COC, and she's just a, a pleasure to work with. She is so hardworking, and it doesn't matter kind of what's going on in her own life, uh, things, and, and her, her family. Uh, she just is just committed to, to working so hard uh, on reducing the homeless population and providing the best permanent supportive services possible. Uh, she's worked very closely, obviously, with uh, with um, Broad Partnership for the Homeless on the, on Seventh on Seven and uh, and this new this new venture, hopefully, that will pass. And I also just want to say her husband is recovering from surgery, I believe, doing well. And um, so, um, just uh, our, our our best to her. But to congratulations for, uh, you know, we we've accomplished so much in the last couple of years, um, the, the collaboration with the school district, the first three schools are set up now where we're actually taking those homeless children and, and being able to, you know, have them in our HMIS system where we can work on providing services. And then the Project Home Again, which is the uh, landlord trend, uh, uh, initiative, uh, recruitment and landlord recruitment initiative is, is off to a good start. So she's just a you know, very dedicated professional and um, we're fortunate to have her on our staff. Thank you. Commissioner Farr. Thank you. It's been busy over here. Um, I do want to thank uh, Senator Geller. Great job with the South Florida Regional Planning Council on that conference because it, it, it encompasses seven counties and it, it provides a, a, a great opportunity for legislative opportunities because if you've got ten, half the 10 million people represented and you're, you're presenting policy, it has a decent chance as we saw with the coral reefs and everything of getting of getting passed, we also got a chance to hear uh, Kevin Keller was on the on the on the uh, panel, and Michael Ruiz, who we had no idea had so much background knowledge on this, you knew, you knew, but he kind of unveiled it, and, and was remarkable remarkable on it. So it was great to see. Um, we are getting in in our office. I don't know if every other office is getting it, but we're getting a huge high volume of calls. With regard to housing, and housing assistance, and I think we just—I just saw there's 13,000 applications under review. Is that something like that? 
Yeah, and we're getting around 30 to 50 emails a day. I don't know if everybody else is getting them, but we're getting, we're getting a, a lot. And so there's a couple things when we try to go back and talk with, you know, because we'll, we'll get follow-up calls, what's going on? What would be helpful is if we, um, if we know the name of the case, because we're putting them in the CR, if we know the name of the caseworker so we can call them back in there, um, and what exactly is missing. Because we see not, you know, needs documentation, but we don't know what documentation. And we don't know if it's from, from the um, applicant's documentation or the landlord's documentation. So we need, we need a little more specificity so we can help a little bit more. Um, so those are, those because, are, you know, it, it just, it's constant follow-up on that. But we need to know how to follow up and what to follow up with. So that's, those are a couple of uh, suggestions, and, and we'll send, we'll send for a few more. Um, this week is also read for the record. Uh, hopefully everybody gets a chance to do it. Uh, I think we have 45,000 books ready to be handed out, which is bigger than anywhere in the world. It's, it's really a pretty amazing uh, thing that's going on in Broward County this week. Uh, great book. I've already met the author. He was here for the children's conference uh, that our public library put forward. And I don't know how our public library does this every year, but somehow we get every, we get the best mm -hmm. of everybody, of all the the best children's authors. They were here, had a great conference. Kimberly Schmidt did a great, great job of it, and that author was there. So it's uh, kudos to the library staff that's able to pull that off. And then lastly, we did a... Uh, we opened up the time capsule from Hollandale Beach from a few years ago, and uh, we saw all kind of stuff in there, old newspapers and this and that, cool. and it was kind of fun. And, and they put it back in there. <laughs> I guess they put some other stuff in there, but they, they buried it again, so we'll see what happens. And that's it. Thanks. <coughs> County admin. Uh, thank you. And, and uh, Commissioner Furr, we will... Um, I'll have my team um, yeah, work with yours to see what we might be able to to assist on on getting some additional information um, moving forward so we don't have to have all that back and forth and um, so thank you for that um, and and I just wanted to uh, um, congratulate Eugene because I got the picture also uh, yeah and of course Rebecca so thank you um, both uh, vice mayor and and senator rich for your comments um, very well deserved there um, last two things I just wanted to point out that um, I want to give a, a special thanks to our employees because since the last time I updated you all with the um, hurricane relief donations um, were, were um, uh, near $14,000 um, in that area and we also I wanted to mention that we've kicked off our United Way campaign officially um, so you'll be looking out for some of those events and things that the employees do uh, to celebrate and, and to uh, to kick off those donations that will run through December and our goal this year is $125,000 from our employees. So thank you. Thank you. Drew, you have anything? Just uh, congratulations to Eugene and uh, look forward to seeing Commissioner Bogey back. Yes. 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 You have any? Uh, all right. Mine are, mine are real quick. So just want to touch on a couple things. I like Beam too. I'm getting those type of calls too. So I appreciate that. We're having a lot of that within our office and it's, it's difficult to keep track of it without and I know we're working on that that dashboard with better tracking systems for everything, so that's that's good. I'm glad about that. Um, 
I just want to thank the county attorney's office. I, we, we keep having the delegation requests that come in from this you know, community that we really spend some extra time to put some public sector attorneys on to really help what was a private matter. And I think that the county attorney's office should be recognized for that. This county commission really is going the extra mile to try and make sure. And our hands are tied with a lot of things, but we're trying to do what we can where we can to help um, our residents. Tomorrow, in addition to the boat show kicking off, it's also the first annual uh, NSU Allen LeVan South Florida Innovation Day in South Florida. We've actually finally got Emerge America, which was usually more Miami-Dade based. They're coming up. They're going to be a part of it. So it's going to happen in Broward County. It's a collaboration of innovation between the 305, the 954, and the 561. They have a, a lot of innovative companies coming there. They're going to make it a yearly thing. And we're starting to see right out of at, you know that joint facility that we have with NSU. We were at Space Day the other day. There are companies that are starting to create jobs in Broward County uh, right out of that facility. So it's a, it's, a good, uh, it's, a, it's a good testament to what we're doing. What time is that? Early in the morning, it's like probably like 10 o'clock, I think. Um, autism in flight is back again November 3rd. The airport will work um, with the autism in flight group to really give a whole, you know, scenario of traveling with, some, with a child with autism. Uh, they do a great job, and I just wanted to publicly uh, mention that. Uh, November 8th, obviously, is the, the election. Early voting started yesterday. We've been canvassing now. A lot of mail-in ballots are coming in, a lot of voter intent stuff. Our next canvassing board meeting is Thursday at 1030. Next week, we'll start meeting every day to just keep up with the volume of what's coming in to make sure that we, you know, get there for the beginning for, for the Tuesday of Election Day. I know the goal always of the supervisor's office is when we get into that Tuesday, we want to have everything done just, but for that last day that comes in, which happens to be a lot because it drop, drop off mail-in ballots. It could be a lot. But as it's going so far, it's going smoothly. Um, you know, it's a lot of work, but it's getting done, and it has to be done. Uh, Winterfest announced their Taylor Dane and InSync is going to be the Grand Marshal. They had the Winterfest opening party, um, and and they're going to be the greatest show on H2O again. And and the world will be on uh, Broward County as we you know celebrate the seasons in the boat parade. Finally, I referred to, to Drew and Monica yesterday, a letter that I received from the school board of Broward County and their interim general counsel, and I've asked them to create an agenda item for a discussion. They would like to start the process of seeing if they could hook on with the inspector general's office to have the inspector general be able to review their issues as they deem. So I didn't know what to do with it. I sent it to Drew and Monica. They will do the research of what has to be done, but I wanted to bring it to the board and we'll have a discussion item at the next meeting uh, on that item. Those are my comments. Round two, Senator Geller. Uh, uh, on that one issue, uh, next meeting is fine. I wouldn't want to be doing anything right now based on what the rump board of, um, of political appointees are doing. And on the 15th, I believe 
that the new commission will be the new school board would be seated by then. I'll tell you what, that, that's not a bad idea. Drew, why don't we put this on the first meeting in December? That when we have a full complement of people up here, and, and yeah. there's no reason to do it right in the heat of an election. Yeah, they, just, they've sent us a letter. I don't even know if we needed to put it on an agenda right now. I just wanted to be able to discuss with everybody. Let's set this on a December agenda. If I mean, if, if that's okay. Yeah. Thanks. We should not be doing anything with this board. Well, uh, well, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, no, I don't no, want to. I'm just um, saying, you, you are, you are dealing now with people today on their agenda who have a, a, an item that may remove the superintendent. These are unelected people, and I think it's important for our community to know that we, we are not dealing with this until the new board is seated, and then we can, we can go ahead and, and work with them as we've always worked with the school board. I, how about this? I received a letter from the inspect from the school board interim general counsel. I'm going to request that the county attorney wait until the end of November to send a letter to the interim general counsel and ask if they would like this to be put on an agenda upcoming at some point. And they can tell us at that point if they want to put it on our agenda. I'd like to see it on an agenda, but I understand the issues. It should be done on an agenda when it's not political. Other comments? Yeah, one term, Commissioner Bogan said that he should he's hoping to be released today. Yes. Okay. Space Day starts, our International uh, Tech Day, I'm sorry, is at 8.30. It starts tomorrow. Thank you. 